Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. Ace Podcast. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On today's show, we look at the future of DC Films. More great pro wrestling talk. Week 12 in the NFL. And is 2007 the best year ever for video games? We talk about this and a whole lot more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. <laughs> Just loves my interests. <laughs> and we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate being part of the broadcast here today and First off, I hope everyone has had a great Thanksgiving and is going to have a happy and safe Black Friday and great shopping weekend. It's just going to be an awesome weekend for family, for fun, for getting great deals and whatnot. But we've got a great show lined up for you as well. And who better to share it with me than my good friend? He is the man, the myth, the legend behind Rob McCallum Films. He is the creator of... The awesome documentary Nintendo Quest. He's got so many other things lined up in the queue. The Kitty documentary, as far as the He-Man documentary coming up as well. And so much more. Box art. Oh my gosh, the list goes on and on. Plus he's got a lot of great films that he has already that, that you need to check out. It is Rob McCallum. What's going on, my friend? I don't think I've ever heard my name so many times in an introduction or lead up or even my own bio you uh you really salt and peppered that uh that segue introduction piece there way to go no problem robin callum it's just uh, great to have you on the show sitting it's in for wicked. josh wicked wicked there you go uh sitting in for <laughs> josh today just... from moving last uh when did i move in december almost a year ago almost a year i thought it was january no it was december december 18th is a week before christmas Ah, uh, uh, fair enough, indeed. That's fair. how wicked it was. Yes, Gerald was uh, uttering wicked as he was lugging cinder blocks to a moving truck, which then he had to unload from a moving truck and go up a flight of stairs. Just because I had to have a homemade stand-up desk. Yes, yes, this is true. But he's the one and only Rob McCallum. That's yeah. how I roll. That's who I am. I am here. Thanks for having me back. Sorry Josh couldn't be here, but every now and then it's nice to... To slide in, almost like I do this on a regular basis again, and you know, take take control of some of the reins. Josh, I'm sure doesn't mind, and 
I, uh, I appreciate his vacancy, and we'll make the most of the opportunity. Josh, we'll be back hopefully for the Pop Culture Cosmos show next week, but it's great to have you aboard on today's program. And what a great program it is. We've got a lot of things lined up for you. Mike Crockett from the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. He's going to spew more wrestling knowledge just coming out at you. Plus also as well, Tyler Baker previews the NFL in week 12. Just a lot of great stuff coming at you. But first, we want to talk a little bit about the movie scene because the box office is still going strong. You got Coco that's already out in theaters. The latest Pixar flick, and I'll tell you what, a lot of people have been looking forward to it. I actually have because I think it will tell one of the better narratives that Pixar has had a chance to touch upon in quite some time. Your thoughts real quick on Coco and how you think it will perform this weekend. Well, I think it's really interesting that Coco is coming out now. I think it's a year after Day of the Dead came out, which is kind of like one of those similar films in a similar vein, which Pixar is no stranger to when you flash back to, what, 1998, when A Bug's Life came out and Ants from DreamWorks Animation came out. Ants at the time was considered maybe the the inferior compared to uh, A Bug's Life, given the success of Toy Story. Bugs Life is pretty good in hindsight. It doesn't get the love that I think a lot of Pixar films get. So it'll be interesting to see where Coco sits. I also think that uh, it's a bit of a marketing move to go after the Latino or or Hispanic market with this story. And uh, this is something that you've seen Hollywood do a lot, really kind of have catered releases to that demographic. And I think it's smart. I think it's nice to see storytelling uh, that does bring in that culture of Mexico and and really weave it into the the historical landscape more than it is. Tell you what, I couldn't agree more. I just am so happy to see a story being told like this in a fashion that's going to be hopefully educating and also being very informative to a younger audience on a wider, more general basis. It's great when these stories get told to a vast, larger audience than maybe a more confined story or maybe a, a smaller production is concerned. So. I really applaud Pixar for, for doing it. Got my friend Mark at Pixar, so just uh, want to give him a shout-out indeed. So well done. And it should do pretty good at the box office, looking about maybe for a total Thanksgiving Day weekend for the four-day weekend this time at the domestic box office around $70 million. And look, look, probably worldwide should do about $250, 300000000 million, close to what Justice League did last week. You think it's going to do that well? That'll be interesting. Well, I can t- I can tell you this. I know uh, my little guy who's just turned three, he is very much into skeletons, even though we are several weeks past Halloween, and he likes skeletons and zombies. And he has a few figures from Coco uh, that were you know part of a dollar little coin machine, and he really enjoys them. So we will be taking him to his first theatrical movie experience. It'll be a Pixar film, so don't think that uh, the filmmaker in yours truly isn't making note of that. To, to let him know. Well, that's awesome indeed. And I hope he gets a chance to really enjoy the film and embraces it and truly remembers it as a special moment in his life. But when I touch upon as far as worldwide numbers, I really think the, like, like I said, since it touches a lot, a lot on positive Latino and Hispanic cultural aspects, I really think the Latino and Hispanic markets across this great uh, you know, world of ours is probably just going to go in droves. And I think it's going to really support and stand by the film. And, and like I said, it's, it's going to probably do around what Justice League did this past weekend, in my estimation. At least that's what it's targeting to worldwide. 
Speaking of Justice League, Justice League did come out. It did earn close to $300 million in its first weekend worldwide, almost $100 million here domestically, but it's being seen as a slight disappointment because of the fact it uh, analysts were probably seeing it as probably a $110, $115 million opening here domestically and a, a well over $300 million worldwide. So I ask you, touching upon that, and also the critical feedback and also as well the social media back and forth as far as the reviews all over the place with a lot of them being lukewarm, some being bad, the negative Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic ratings all over the place for it. I ask you, what is the future of DC films with the Justice League coming out like this? Are they still going to stay on course? Or do you think some reworking or revamping needs to be done in order to get the DC films back on track the way it was right after Wonder Woman's great opening? Well, it's funny you say that, you know, it was disappointing returns. And the first thing I thought of was DC must stand for disappointing cinema. Because that's, <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like every week where we're talking about how the DC cinematic universe or whatever it's called is is letting us down in one way or another. And with finally the release of Justice League, we can say, yes, this is another disappointment on, on the notch of the DC belt. And the trousers are, are I think, falling off at this point because that belt can't hold up the expectations anymore. I think everybody's going to continue to be curious to see if they can pull one off, if they can find a way to strike gold. But there's only so many Wonder Womans that you can create in the style of films that they're trying to make. And yeah, I, I don't know, like on 95 is, is well below the 120, 120 millions estimate that I had read on a few sites. So there are, there are other articles saying that it could face a 50 to $100 million loss for Warner Brothers with the making of this film. So how can they continue in a financial sense alone, like dollars and cents, cost versus you know revenue, continue to make these films? They, they just simply can't. Because they're not printing money at that point, and that's what movie studios like to do. They like to print money by releasing films. Now, the one way that you might see it shift is they've got this film. The origin stories are painfully out of the way. Now they switch to something like Flash or Flashpoint, as I guess it's being called now, uh, and you still have a bunch of the Justice League members in it. Then maybe you have a bunch of the League members in Aquaman so that you get these quasi- pseudo sequels to justice league that are also these solo adventures from other films i don't know it's hard to say i think uh, that could be an interesting strategy it might be a little bit more interesting than what some of the uh the marvel films are doing where you have the avengers and then as the solo films take off you don't see the other teams but i think it's going to take something more genius than some shared screen time and, and awkward situations to resurrect uh, the fandom because every release kills off more the hardcore audience that they are desperately depending on. I know audiences are getting, their, their patience is wearing thin, uh, and their hopes were actually raised up by the success of Wonder Woman, and hopefully that was going to translate into some good vibes with Justice League. Yes, there was issues, obviously, with the disjointed nature of the dual directors that had to work on the film because it was, it was needed because of family issues with Zack Snyder. Also as well, you know, there's there's other things to consider as far as the actual story and, and the, the CG and all that other stuff. 
I know I went into a review. Tyler Baker had his review, and, and Josh had his review on our past two episodes. And if you want to check our total thoughts on that, definitely want to give our previous two episodes a listen to on the Pop Culture Cosmo Networks everywhere. But I still have hope for Justice League because of the character interaction. The one thing that I did enjoy about the movie itself, and the one thing that made it a lukewarm thumbs up to go see for me, was the interaction between the actual Justice League members themselves. Yes, there was some hammy and corny dialogue, but I just I enjoyed that aspect of it. And despite the fact that they were in such a, a disjointed, forgettable movie themselves, I see still hope for the future for the Justice League. But what I throw out there is that stuff like if you want an Aquaman movie or, like you said, a Flashpoint movie, or, or a cyborg movie by themselves, those those options pretty much with with the lack of success of Justice League, pretty much you can throw that off the table. And now you're just going to be focusing on Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, and Justice League films from this point forward. Well, that was going to be my question. And I'm going to see Justice League tomorrow, which of course is part one of two, I believe. Yeah. Actually, I think it would be three because... There's something in the end credits that would make it number two for me. And then there was something mentioned near the beginning of the film that, in my estimation, would make it a number three, maybe emulating uh, some things from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you were able to pick up on that. And Alex, I mentioned that in our previous episode where we give a full review, but but I don't want to spoil it for you because you're... That is such a cryptic way of not being able to give me an answer. But I guess the, the thing I'm more curious about is what is the likelihood of standalone Superman movies that have nothing to do with Justice League and standalone Batman movies that have nothing to do with Justice League going forward? That's what I hope to, to figure out because the question is how to get a Superman movie correct and throwing Batman in there didn't work. I don't think throwing him in Justice League, I, I'm assuming he makes an appearance at some point, won't work. I think they got to find a, a good way to do Superman. I think that's the DC universe will depend on the successful creation of a Superman film that stands the test of time. There, I said it. At this point forward, I still see some signs that DC films could do some good things, but as long as they keep going down the road of, of producing substandard films like BVS, Suicide Squad, and now uh, I'm going to say it, Justice League, from a lot of people's opinions, that's not the way to go for the future of the franchise as a whole. And it can't all rest on the shoulders of Wonder Woman and the Wonder Woman movies. That's not fair to the individuals that work on those films. And it's definitely not fair to the individual Gal Gadot that actually portrays her. So we'll have to wait and see what the future holds in store for DC films. What are your thoughts out there on the DC films universe? Do you like where, where it's going, or do you see the, the need to make drastic changes to the Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash, Cyborg, whole nine yards consortium? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos and humanic media on Facebook and Twitter as well. Well, we've got a great show lined up. We've also got a cosmic crossfire coming up for you in the middle of the show with robin deluxe edition yes it's a deluxe edition indeed we're going to be going back and forth on topics that are 
that are going on within the realm of pop culture. So it's definitely something to look forward to indeed, along with Tyler Baker previewing week 12 in the NFL. Also got Mike Crockett on deck, sharing some more thoughts on the pro wrestling scene. And of course, we'll be back later in the program to go back and forth on the topic. Is 2007 the best year ever for gaming? Oh my goodness. I can't, I, I, I can't wait to hear this. What, what this argument is. I just can't wait. I hope everybody is, is as skeptical as I am going into this. You got, you got to stick around to hear whatever this argument is. So it's going to be another great program right here on the PCC Multiverse, but it all kicks off with our good friend Plasma C. This is Level 1, and this is the PCC Multiverse.
Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. 2017 is a pinnacle year for Rob McCallum Films. Coming off the heels of the internationally acclaimed and award-winning documentary Missing Mom, we're in the final stages to release Kitty, Origins and Evolutions. Check out this heavy metal biopic that explores the ups and downs of rock and roll for the women in Kitty who blazed a trail in the music industry in the face of unthinkable adversity. Kitty, Origins and Evolutions releases this year from Rob McCallum Films. 2017 is the year to set your future on fire. And we're back with the program. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. And who better to break down all things pro wrestling? It is Mike Crockett. How are you, my friend? I'm great, Gerald. Thanks for having me back. I know we touch on it almost every time we talk, but Impact Wrestling. <laughs> uh, the, the continuous painful slog or or journey that this company takes uh seems to find no new ways to find depths that you didn't think they could reach before but they're now in canada they did some tapings in some canada recently but that may be the only place where they can go at this point in time it is really uh just <laughs> i just want to see a timeline of tna that became impact wrestling that became global force wrestling and it's now impact wrestling again i just want to see a timeline of all this stuff i think it's going to make a great book someday but i mean people have written off impact wrestling for the past 10 years and it's, it's stuck i know we have on many occasions yes yes it is still living and breathing and as you said they basically moved their operations to canada because basically they are now owned by the fight network which is a canadian tv station uh they're up there now uh, a lot of releases over the past month or so the entire referee corps has exited they were going to use local Canadian referees to do the matches. Uh, like, of course, one of the head referee is Earl Hebner, the famous Earl Hebner, the one that quote unquote screwed Brett at the Montreal uh, event Survivor Series, ironically enough. But yeah, a lot of guys, uh, of course, Jeff Jarrett, who was back in charge for a little bit, and there were some issues where he put himself into rehab or I think the rehab came after he was let go from impact wrestling, but he on, Canada, I think that he was uh, intoxicated, inebriated, not, or I'm sorry, not in any condition to perform, I think is the verbiage that's likes to be used in situations like this. Yes. But uh, again, uh, a lot of releases and kind of similar, I guess, to Lucha Underground in terms of, It'd be interesting to see what becomes of the Impact roster in Canada. I assume they'd use more Canadian talent, more local talent, because Impact Wrestling doesn't... I mean, they you don't think they have the money, but they, they do spend. They do spend on occasion and bring in big names. But, yeah, it's going to be a different Impact Wrestling, and it's going to stick around, Gerald. We'll be back on here talking around the Royal Rumble, and Impact Wrestling will still be living and breathing. I don't know in what form, but it will still be around. And hopefully, I know, I mean, Brian and myself, we know people that are still working for Impact Wrestling, and hopefully this is an opportunity for more guys that we know, independent talents, to get contracts with a, a national company and make a little money, and that's a good thing for wrestling. That's a good thing for independent wrestling. That's a good thing for everybody. So I hope, for our sake, for everybody's sake, that Impact Wrestling sticks around, and it'd be interesting to see what happens with Impact. 
I will say this, that yes, for the guys out there and gals that compete every day in professional wrestling, having another alternative is great. I know you and I have been seeing the death knell for ages now when it comes to Impact Wrestling, but I'll tell you what, with Impact, it's just so hard to watch that product uh, and, and stand behind it because of all that they've gone through, and you're right. It is Impact Wrestling. I think you just at this point might as well call it the cockroach of professional wrestling because they're just <laughs> going to be, you know, continue living no matter what you throw at it. So uh, at this point, uh, uh, of course, we can't pick on them too much or they'll try to cut off our show too, both of our shows like, you know, they did to law, but we won't say that. Uh, won't say that oh. out loud. <laughs> anyway, oh, I'm sorry I said that. But anyways... I will say this, that the professional wrestling world has so much going on and there is no better way to get your information than the wrestling podcast about nothing. Mike, before you head on out, tell us why, once again, why there is no better place to listen to all your professional wrestling news than the wrestling podcast about nothing. Thanks so much, Gerald, uh, again, for having me on. Um, yeah, me and the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, I'm a former referee. He's a former, or he's a current independent wrestler. and we bring an, a personal insight into what's going on in the world of professional wrestling. We do talk about what's going on today. We do t talk about what happened in the past. We talk about our own personal stories. One of our most popular podcasts is an, is an episode where we talked about our chances that we had to make it in pro wrestling and what went wrong. That is one of our most popular episodes. So you can go back and find that. Uh, we do two podcasts a week on two different feeds. Monday, we're on the NAI Wrestling Network, the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. Thursday, we're on our own feed. And again, just search WPAN for wrestling podcast about nothing on any podcast app. You can find all of our feeds, subscribe to them all, listen on demand, or of course, listen to Brian and myself every Tuesday night on the podcast radio network and it's at wpan on all social media twitter facebook instagram all that stuff and i'll tell you what seeing as how your show and my show are now some of the elder statesmen of the podcast radio network it's uh it's good to have someone that i can always count on to provide everybody out there from the pop culture cosmos uh listening audience the latest information indeed but I'll tell you what, Mike, you and Brian have a great show. I've listened to many episodes. They are truly hilarious, especially when you guys get, uh, let's, I'm not going to say, uh, you know, a little bit of the drink going on there, but let's just say you guys are having some fun or when some, uh, you know, industry friends come by. Those are shows are, are also some very interesting ones as well. But, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I'll just I'll just leave it at that. But the, people have to listen and check out all their great shows each and every week, twice a week. It's the wrestling podcast about nothing. You got to check it out today. The podcast radio network, Apple Podcasts, the NAI network and BDA radio. This is a can't miss podcast. And it's all because of Mike Crockett and the Kingpin who don't call him a former wrestler or he might hit you with a former chair, <laughs> Brian Malonis. Mike, as always, my friend, it's just truly great having you on the show. And I look forward to talking to you again about the wonderful realm of pro wrestling very soon. Really appreciate it, Gerald. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. And it's always great to have you as part of the pop culture cosmos. 
Hi, I'm Joe Heath. I'm Tony Heath. And we're going to watch every episode of Doctor Who and then talk to you about it. Every episode? Every single one. In order? From an unearthly child to, you know, the future. And we're going to do it in a podcast that we call... The Watchathon of Rassilon. Watcherassilon.com. And we're also a part of the ESO Network, so check us out or whatever. Please. Stay Rassil Awesome. Stop trying to make Rassil Awesome a thing. Nope. back with another episode of the cosmic crossfire this is gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos and game stores we truly appreciate you coming back and listening to us i'm here back again with my good friend he's he's the man behind rob and i'll tell you what it's just a lot of great topics on the way so rob mccallum first off what's going on in your world with rob mccallum films well, there's uh, a couple cool things coming up. We're, we're definitely diving both feet into box art, and it's going to be great to get that shaped up and shipped up and shipped out. So lots of shipping and shaping and, and molding and morphing and, and getting that series ready to go to share with everybody. Uh, and along those lines of what we're excited to share is, is maybe some new news, some new kind of accreditations to... Uh, to kind of talk about and, and bring in some new people on December 2nd. The Emmy Awards take place in Chicago for the Midwest chapter of the United States of America for the Academy of uh, Television and, and Sciences. And we've been nominated for three Emmys, so we're excited to see what the results are there and how that can help catapult what we want to do in our productions in, into the next level. And uh, we've got some really interesting options on the plate for what our next project might be. But of course, like I said, we want to get box art kind of sorted, shipped on the way, and then uh, really kind of lay a clear path. It, uh, it actually might not be a documentary, believe it or not. We are looking at some narrative ideas to explore, and uh, it might not be live action. That's a lot of great information indeed right there. And you can check all the updates out on Rob McCallum Films on Facebook and also robmccallumfilms.com. So it's the Cosmic Crossfire. A lot of great things uh, that, that are going on in the pop culture realm. So lay it on me, brother. Well, like I said, this is a bit of a deluxe edition this week. I wasn't sure how much to bring with me my little Crossfire uh, carry-on carry case. So uh, I just kind of picked a, a good grab bag of stuff. And I think we might as well stick in the DC universe. And uh, one that is potentially exciting, potentially predictable move. But uh, nonetheless, happening is a Harley Quinn animated series is on the way for DC's streaming service. And I got to wonder, though, this is an animated series, which means it's going to get compared to all the legendary DC animated series right away. Batman, the animated series, where Harley, of course, made her appearance. Superman animated series, the Justice League animated series, Justice League Unlimited plus Teen Titans and all these other like DC Direct films that we have now, which are 30 films deep now. DC Direct basically animating some of the best comic stories out there. If you haven't checked them out, definitely check them out. But now Harley Quinn is getting her own animated series for DC streaming service. Is animated series the way to go for her? And how is this going to survive, you think, without big heavy hitters like Batman or the Joker involved? 
are they guaranteed to not be there? Because I can't foresee a Harley Quinn anthology series or whatnot without some hint of the Joker or Batman being involved or interacting with them at some point in time. Well, the copy that I read said that she was going out on her own away from Mr. J. So I would guess that that might be the concept or the conceit for the start of the series. You may see Joker in episode one, or you may only hear about how she left everything that was going on in Gotham, but it sounds like she is going to depart on an adventure for herself. Whether it takes place in Gotham is all up in the air. It, uh, I don't know. I don't understand, I guess, how does this play into the rest of the bigger plan for what this character could be, because, of course, we've heard rumblings about uh, Gotham Sirens. I think that was the name of that project. A possible just Harley Quinn movie as well, Suicide Squad 2. And now they have an animated series. And DC is pretty famous not to mix mediums with things that are going on either on the silver screen or on the television network. So, again, I'm not sure where this quite fits. Maybe they think it's a bit of an orphan thing because it's on the streaming service. Maybe it's the, the extended universe that doesn't have anything to do with the cinematic universe. Or maybe this is just DC and the fact that there isn't really a plan should just be par for the course. What are your thoughts? I, I think a series in an animated form, if it's separated, I think that actually, if it's done well, could could work and could bring the DC streaming service uh, a bit of a jolt and a bit of life that it sorely needs. I don't want a live action series with Harley Quinn. I'm not sure that even a standalone why, why film... Why do you say live action is not a good choice for you? No, live action is in any form. I don't even think a live action film to the big screen right now is still, even though she was the most popular character out of the Suicide Squad, I'm not sure it would really translate well, especially with DC's track record as of late. But I think this is the best way to go. And it's also the smartest way if the stories, either whether it's going to be a episode by the numbers within a realm of a 30-minute to one-hour episode, or if you do an interconnecting series of episodes, to me, I think that's the smartest way to go at this point for DC. You see, given the television live-action success of the DC Universe on like the CW specifically, I would be very keen to see what, what they could develop for a live-action opportunity for this. Uh, even if it was just painting her as one of those you know, anti-hero villains where she isn't the good guy. I think that would really bolster the CW's lineup. It wouldn't just be Supergirl as the female-skewing DC hero uh, series out there. I think it would you could have a fifth show to cross over with all those other ones and try to keep up with all that mayhem. But uh, see, by, that, that's why I wouldn't do it. it though, that, that's why I wouldn't do it because DC, I think there's just too much on the CW for DC at this point in time. But they all work. That's the problem. They all work well on their own. And sure, you've got to watch you know, all the other series once or twice a, a season to get the other angles of what's going on. But it isn't really necessary to understand the rest of the storyline. So I, th I think it would be an interesting move to bring Harley Quinn in, into that. I really do. And I, I guess the other question I have, if, if it's an animated series, what is the demographic? Are they aiming adult? Like, like their most recent DC Direct films have been, where they're rated PG and PG-13? Or are they going to skew more kid-friendly and go with uh, something that's a little bit more on the Teen Titans level. That's a huge question to play uh, and, and to figure out for, for a show like that. 
I think they're going to go to more to a PG-13 because adults now are watching animated series at a much higher level, whether it's their fondness from what they were watching at younger ages or whether the fact that there's just great programming within the animation market with a lot of great storytelling and great narratives. I think at this point in time, I think they would probably skew it towards the, the PG, PG-13, a little bit stronger messages than than putting it for the Saturday morning cartoon crowd, that type of uh, younger audience. Well, speaking of PG moves, uh, this next question seems to be a bit of a PC decision or a PG decision, and that's Superman's mustache when it comes to Justice League, the super stash, as I'm going to call it. Apparently, uh, Henry Cavill had a mustache of sorts when it came time to filming some reshoots or other parts of the of the script that he was contractually obliged to have for another production. Mission so, Impossible 6. Mission Impossible 6. So they had to digitally remove the super stash from the super lip. And a lot of people said it was really strange looking at this plaster scene like Simpson looking mouth. Now, I gotta ask you, I'm no hair and makeup expert, but isn't it easier to just grow another mustache or, you know, add a mustache instead of having to remove something in post? I I, I would have said a fake one could do just as well. I mean, it's Hollywood, right? Makeup artists are are paid a lot of money to make things look real onto a person, so... And, like, this is, I guess, where I, I really question things in terms of what is DC doing from a legality point of view? We talked about, you know, Ben Affleck possibly stepping away from the Batman role and you liking continuity across all the films that come out. Now I'm thinking about the super stash. Did the DC lawyers not really get a lot of this stuff locked down? Did they not get Ben Affleck, like, tied down for, like, 15 films like they did Robert Downey Jr. on the Marvel side? Did they not sign Henry Cavill, you know, up to like a an appearance clause in the same way that he was signed up to one for Mission Impossible Six? Evidently, like who's who who got fired over this decision? Because I'm sure removing the CG super stash costs more than just shaving it off and having to grow it back again and inconveniencing well, a production for a day or two. Well, I, I agree with you on that. It just doesn't make sense to me. But then again, again, it, it goes back to the the you know, the lack of cohesiveness between the two directors and the two different, all the reshoots and the two different ideals as far as what goes in the picture, which in essence gives you an idea of what to expect when you watch the film and you see the film as a whole and see what parts were one individuals and one, what other parts were another individual directors. And, and you can see the mix mash, uh, you know, the scenes that are some, sometimes it becomes very disjointed. And one of those things is the super stash. And it, I'll tell you what, it doesn't it sounds so ridiculous. I love it. it. It doesn't shy away from it. It hits you right in the head with it at the very beginning. And I'll tell you, <laughs> that is, that is basically the first thing you see which is just too humorous to see it because it looked so bad, especially especially in the first few minutes of the film. Isn't that like a perfect metaphor for the success of the DC Universe? All they're trying to do is hide the mustache and hope nobody notices. They're cranking out films 
full of mistakes, glaring, obvious issues that could have been taken care of with a little bit more time and thought. Instead, they throw it up on the screen and let people feel uncomfortable about the whole thing. And the one time they do it right, look what happens. with Wonder No Woman. mustache. She doesn't even have a mustache. Yeah, exactly. You can't blame <laughs> her for that. She's got no they, wonder stash. Well, Chris Pine, he is his next film or the next major film he'll appear on is the upcoming Disney film. I think it's A Wrinkle in Time where he has a beard, goatee, setting in and whatnot. But, you know, if there was any reshoots in Wonder Woman, you would have never seen it because, like, like you said, they even if they were conflicted, they looked like he would have shaved it off with no problems. So... Yeah. It, it, that part, it looked like all the, the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed when it came to Wonder Woman. But when it came to all the different reshoots and the, and the problems and the issues with having two different directors do so much each and in regards to the film, that that's, that's the problem that happens. Because these actors have other roles, they have other agreements, and they've got, there's other companies, movie companies, that may do a better job of dotting their I's and crossing their T's than certainly what Warner Brothers has been doing. Which is surprising for a company the size of Warner Brothers. So, yeah, that, that does it for the Cosmic Crossfire. What do you think? That was the deluxe edition. That was a great, some, some really great topics indeed. We covered a full spectrum of pop culture. I'm, I'm dying to know more about this year of 2007 in video games. People can let us know what they th- think about the Cosmic Crossfire and all that. But the only reason I'm sticking around at this point, because usually I bail after the Cosmic Crossfire, is I need to know why you think 2007 is the ultimate year in video games. Well, if you have any questions out there for any of the topics that we cover on the Cosmic Crossfire, feel free to send us a shout-out, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanity Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. back with the show this is the pcc multiverse my name is gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos and game stores we truly appreciate you being back with us and guess what it is week 12 already this season is (laughs) flying by flying by yes like a flock of seagulls no not the ones with the bad hairdos from the 80s an actual flock of seagulls (laughs) we're gonna have another great weekend in the nfl couple games less than normal because of the turkey holiday, but it's still going to be great nonetheless. And who is here to break it down with me? None other than my good friend. He is the host of the Fantasy Football Pater podcast, which you can find right now on Apple Podcasts, Overcast.fm, Player.fm, any app out there that utilizes the iTunes and Apple podcast feed. And we were just talking about it. We're probably on like three, four, five dozen. We don't even know. 
but also SoundCloud and Libsyn as well. It's Tyler Baker. What's going on, man? Hey, man, it's always good to be on your show. Thank I you. heard you had to go seek psychiatric help after your first time <laughs> doing an entire show with me. So I want to sincerely apologize to you for that. <laughs> no, it was cool. I just, I just hope I did a good job for all of your listeners. It's, it's a little out of my wheelhouse, but I was certainly happy to do it. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it as well. And I will tell you this, you had some insightful thoughts on both the Justice League and also a lot of Black Friday deals, some of which at the time of this airs may still be out there. So you want to check out his thoughts on our Pop Culture Cosmos show. It's available on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel anywhere you can listen to it. So like I said, <laughs> it's got the Apple podcast feed. My gosh, it could be everywhere. We're out there, buddy. Exactly, exactly, indeed. But it's going to be a great weekend in the NFL. And i tell you what, I'm looking forward to a lot of things. But first, before we get into that, there was some changes that might affect the way people start their lineups and, and make those changes and all that. What's going on right now in the NFL? Well, there are a couple teams that are, uh, I think the coaches are on the hot seat. One of those being the Denver Broncos. Their offense has been sputtering this season. All year long, it's been sputtering. So Mike McCoy has been given his pink slip, and he has been replaced by Bill Musgraves. And Bill Musgraves has quite a bit of experience with offensive systems. And while they're making that change at offensive coordinator, they've also announced that Paxton Lynch is going to be the starter. Now we've seen Paxton Lynch in the past. It hasn't been particularly impressive, but a fresh start. They don't have a lot to lose. So they're, they're running them out there. Trevor, Trevor Simeon just isn't getting it done. Brock Osweiler, you kind of know what he is. So they're going to give the ball back to Paxton Lynch and see if he can uh, turn things around for that uh, Denver offense. Now, I also wanted to mention as well with Oakland, the Raiders, the oh, Raiders, the Raiders, the Raiders, <laughs> that they had a significant change as well to yeah. their defensive format after getting basically just run out of Mexico City by the New England Patriots. Yeah, defensive coordinator Ken Norton Jr. managed to save his job last year, but he did not make it through the entire way this year. They have some talented pieces on that defense, and they've added some. They got Navarro Bowman, which at this point in his career is just kind of a situational piece. But they do have pieces on that defense that the franchise just feels like that they could be better. And they're not. And so they've they've made changes. John Pagano is now the defensive coordinator. So trying to make a fresh start on defense, trying to jumpstart things. They're not they're not completely out of the playoff race, but man, they gotta win a lot of games if if they want to see the pro season this year. But there was actually a couple injuries. I know with your favorite team, the Washington oh, Redskins, yeah. there was actually someone that significantly changes a lot of people's fantasy rosters being injured for the rest of the season. Sure. The skins have this running back. He's kind of like a Swiss army running back, runs the ball, catches the ball, does a lot of really, really good things for that offense. He's a very important piece of that offense. Chris Thompson, he is on injured reserve. And this comes uh, two weeks after losing their starting running back, Rob Kelly. He is on injured reserve as well. So what that has opened up the door for the rookie Samaj P. Ryan, 
And that offense is going to change. They cannot do the things that they used to do, especially on third down without Chris Thompson on the field. So it's going to be a problem for the Washington Redskins. And they also lost Terrell Pryor. He's going to have surgery on his ankle. That's not as big of a loss to the offense because Pryor really wasn't getting it done this year the way that they had hoped. But losing Chris Thompson, it's going to be a really hard pill to swallow for the Washington Redskins. I think that pretty much that coupled with losing to the Saints this weekend has pretty much pushed them out of postseason contention. Looks like it indeed. And for those who utilize Chris Thompson's a lot, oh yeah, like myself, this uh, is going to be a hard blow. And you better make sure you have that running back death. But where would someone need to go in case they are now scrambling for someone to pick up in place of Chris Thompson? Well, you're not going to get Chris Thompson's production, unfortunately. Uh, especially if you had him, you probably had him in a PPR league. Although Andre Ellington has just been picked up by the Houston Texans. Now, the Houston Texans just lost Dante Foreman. He was not really the backup, really the complimentary piece to LeVar Miller there. So they made an adjustment. The Cardinals ended up cutting Andre Ellington. Texans went and picked him up. He could be a big piece of that offense uh, really quickly. Ty Montgomery is going to be coming back probably in the next week or two. And with a Green Bay running back uh, squad that's pretty banged up too. Aaron Jones is going to be out probably three to six more weeks. So if Ty Montgomery comes back, that's somebody you, you may be able to fit into your lineup to get some production out of him. But at this point in the season, there's just not a lot out there. So that's where you need to go to our Facebook discussion group and let us know who's on your waiver wire and we can help you make a good decision to to cover a loss like Chris Thompson. Definitely indeed. That's once again, that's the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook group, also as well, ffpater.com. But yes, you go to the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook group, you make sure you ask those questions, lineup changes, waivers. Even if they're still able, your league is still able to to pursue trades. You've got to make those last-minute adjustments because you're in the home stretch Mm -hmm. just before playoff time. So these are the final crucial decisions you might need to make that might give you the edge or for those teams on the fence – will actually put them over the top this football season. So yeah, these weeks coming up, you're going to want a different perspective. You're going to want input because I mean, this is it. This is crunch time. You're either making the playoffs or you're not making the playoffs and every single point counts. So if you want a different perspective, if you want to just get some advice, if you're close and you want to get over the edge, just get on the Facebook discussion group at fantasy football, Pater podcast discussion group. And man, we are so happy to help you make better decisions. That's awesome. Indeed. Once again, it's the fantasy football, Pater podcast dropping every Tuesday and Saturday on SoundCloud, Lipson, Apple podcasts, overcast player.fm and all those all those 5 million apps that use iTunes as its main source of drawing from as far as the, if it draws that from that library, you know, you got the fantasy football Pater podcast right along with it. So you check that out. Indeed. Always a great insight for information. And I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to this weekend in the NFL. Me too. Thank you so much for having me on. I look forward to next time.
And I'm just glad you don't have the shakes from you know our previous <laughs> in, you know, encounter. Uh, you know, working on working on a whole show. So I truly appreciate you know you being able to step back up to the plate right here on the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast and and our Fantasy Football Update on Week 12 in the NFL. Uh, thank you so much. I'm always happy to do it. And next time Josh gets the sniffles, you let me know. Sounds good indeed. That's again Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. Always great to have you a part of the PCC Multiverse. For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture, head on over to our brand new site, www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. And if you can't catch our shows, either the Monday show, the Pop Culture Cosmos show, the PCC Multiverse, or any one of our great programming that's that's we always have available either through Pop Culture Cosmos or Humanica Media. You just check out the Facebook and Twitter sites. We've got a lot of great places to go. Or for the when the podcast drops every Monday and Friday, you can just head over to the Pop Culture Cosmos channel on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Podchaser, Google Play, Stitcher, the Tangibound Network, the ESO Network, and a whole bunch more. You got to check it out. Indeed, definitely. If And if you download it or stream it, there's a lot of extra content that we also provide for you on pretty much each and every episode as well. So here it is, Rob. I know it's late for you, but I'll tell you what, I'm glad you stayed on and appreciate you, you being part staying of the up, broadcast. Staying up past my bedtime to hear yes. this argument and this big statement that was floated to me almost a month ago now. The 2007 was the best year in all of video game history. Well, first off, I want to thank Mike Crockett from the Wrestling Podcast about nothing for joining us. Also as well, Tyler Baker for previewing Week 12 in the NFL. And of course, Plasma Z dropping is is one of his great tracks with us as well. But I'll say this. We just had a birthday for one of, well, actually what I think is the greatest video game narrative series of all time. The Uncharted series celebrated recently, this past week, its 10th anniversary. The first uh, edition came out in 2007, Uncharted, Drake's Fortune, and it came out. And the way that the video games could tell stories and go through, uh, you know, through a cinematic process just seemingly has been transformed by what the Uncharted series and what Naughty Dog, its developer, has done over the past 10 years which brought me to this, actually, this, this summation that I was able to take because I, I've done some investigation. And over the years, being someone that actually was selling video games at the time in that year, just remembering and also just, just fondly just, just recalling all the great titles that, that came out that year, that 2007 in and of itself is, to me, the best year in video game history. Wrong. No, no, I am right. Uh, you, you cannot throw a lineup that's any better in 2007. Watch it's, me. Watch Okay. Me. Well, first off, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. Not only did the Uncharted series get started off that, which revolutionized video game narratives, but Mass Effect series also started off then, which, until Mass Effect Andromeda, did the same thing. You had Bioshock, Assassin's Creed, Portal, Crackdown. All those series started in 2007, and you also had the high for, for all these series and, and what many think are the, some of the best games in the series with Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, Halo 3, 
Super Mario Galaxy, Team Fortress 2, so many other uh, video games that came out that year that really just helped transform the video game scene and basically brought it into what is now the modern era of video games. So I ask you, Rob, you are disagreeing with me. So pray tell, what do you think is the best year in video games? Well, I did a little research in the 30 seconds that I had before the show started, and I've got a number of possible years that could contend. And I think they contend because they destroy the base argument that you're presenting, and that's that 2007 was good for you because it was the initial year for so many franchises. But there's also, there was also... But that doesn't mean that by far those are the best entries of those franchises. And if you look at ye- other years and other decades, you will see stronger titles grouped together from some of those franchises you mentioned. Now... I'm just going to mention a year like 2011 for you, okay? Because 2011 is pretty good as, as its own right. You got pretty Arkham good, City. Not the best. You got Arkham City, Skyrim, Resistance 3, Saint, Saints Row the Third, Modern Warfare 3, uh, Super Mario 3D Land, Dark Souls, Zelda Skyward Sword, Assassin's Creed's Revelation, Uncharted 3, Mario Kart 7, Rayman Origins, Kirby's Return to Dreamland, Jetpack Joyride, Skylanders. And that was just from September on for 2011. Yeah, the, the let's also forget, let's also not forget Portal 2, Deus Ex Human Revolution, Little Big Planet 2, Infamous 2, Mortal Kombat, L.A. Noir, Children of Eden, Dead Space 2, The Witcher 2. 2011 was a pretty good year for gaming. It also brought us Duke Nukem Forever. Now, you want to go a little bit on the retro side? Let's go a little bit on the retro side. Let's talk 1994. Super Metroid comes out, of course. All right. Let's uh, mention Sonic 3. Let's mention Doom 2. Let's talk about XCOM, UFO Defense. Let's talk about Final Fantasy 3 in the U.S. Let's talk about Donkey Kong Country. Let's talk about Killer Instinct, Warcraft, Tekken, and, of course, Marathon. There's a ton of stuff in 1994. Well, I've got my final candidate here to crush you and to destroy your illusions of 2007, all right? This is where the puck finally drops and hits the ice, a nice Canadian hockey metaphor for you. I know you're waiting with bated breath. Do you have any idea what year I might be picking? 2007. 1998. Here we go, 1998. Pokemon Red Blue. Orcarina of Time. Maybe the best or most coveted Zelda title. The original Mario Party, Banjo-Kazooie, F-Zero X. Now, let's keep going down the list. StarCraft comes out. Metal Gear Solid comes out. Half-Life comes out. Fallout. Resident Evil first get their sequels coming out. Need for Speed comes out. DDR is starting to crush. So now I'm I'm taking you on PC. I'm taking you on console. I'm taking you in the arcade. We got Baldur's Gate. We got Panzer Dragoon Saga. We got Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, Spyro the Dragon, Parasite Eve. It just doesn't get better. There are more games for this year as they kept players coming back. They established franchises, defied genres, and changed the course of gaming forever in 1998. Which is almost as good as 2007. It's better. No, it's almost... And for everybody that's listening, I did my research quickly by doing an awesome Google search, and GamesRadar has the total breakdown of all these different years. There is a small mention of 2007, which they have at number two. 
2007 definitely for my money is definitely well your money can go away it doesn't count (laughs) my money was spent on those games it wasn't spent on as many on it back in 1998 i could i could tell you that for sure well i hope everybody that's listening got to hear some alternatives to gerald's wacky theory about 2007 possibly being a landmark year in gaming I certainly did the heavy lifting in that segment, I think, showcasing a number of other years that were clearly better suited for the title of Best Year in Gaming. But you can let us know what you think the Best Year in Gaming was, of course, on Facebook and on Twitter. Gerald, what are the addresses for them? Well, first of all, PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com and then PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter. There you go. So weigh in and let us know. And uh, which year that I mentioned was more right than anything that Gerald said would be greatly appreciated. Wicked. Well, thanks again, Rob. I, I truly appreciate you dropping by and dropping all that great knowledge upon us as well. We truly appreciate, again, you, you filling in for Josh. And I look forward to talking to you on next week's Cosmic Crossfire as well. Great. It's been awesome having uh, the chance to jo- jump in for Josh. And uh Maybe we can bump them off a little bit more and slide on into the chair. No offense, Josh. (laughs) There you go. There you go, indeed. So for Rob McCallum, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Super. Super. Hello, Ukraine, right? Yeah, right. Because <laughs> we have a listener in Ukraine. Get that reach. Oh, really? We do have a listener oh, from the yeah. Ukraine. Uh, the rest of our listeners are in China and, <laughs> <laughs> and or are us. <laughs> Good, yeah. We predominantly have Chinese listeners. We do have a lot of Chinese listeners. Uh, welcome, listeners. Um, this is the 31st episode of Super BS. We have a very special guest on tonight with us. His name is... Hi, I'm Mark Batstone. Ooh, Mark Batstone. Yeah. You mean Mark Bankstone. Mark, Mark Bankstone. Bankstone. <laughs> As known by no circles. There you go. Yeah. That's the main uh, circle, circle meets the care. square. Circle what? <laughs> circle meets the square. So uh, we got Marky here tonight uh, spinning yeah. it with us. We're really happy to have him. It's been a long time in the happy making. Happy to be here, of course. He is taking the place of uh, Jank Jankerson, the professor, and uh, Donna, the the Donna. That's what we call him now. Donna the Dominator. Lady Madonna. Donna the Donna. Donna the Dead. 
Donna's Donna actually the a dead. doctor. That's good. Donna, Dr. Donna, you're Dr. right. Dr. Donna. Excuse yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so they're out tonight. And uh, who's this sitting across from me? Uh, this is uh, Professor Brank Broderson from uh, DeVry <laughs> University. Um, I'm here to give you guys a scripture blessing of the animals upon you. Wow. So, Thank you for that. I love the animals. Okay. Uh, it's very nice. Um, not rehearsed, so thank you. Blessings. Uh, this is Dank Bank. I will be uh, Stank Banking the Crank Swank tonight. Amen. Just uh, okay, we're running you through the show. Uh, first, though, I have a special request from um, Professor Brian Bregner, who has asked me to do some house cleaning matters with you guys, right? Is Hooray! that the correct term? House cleaning? House cleaning is house how cleaning? it's known in the Ukraine I never China, know if it's and <laughs> the U.S. If it's house cleaning or housekeeping. It's, it's, it's house cleaning. definitely housekeeping. Uh, no one's ever heard of housekeeping. Okay. It's an <laughs> idiot's term. Brian said house cleaning one time, and I never let him forget it. Oh, and you never let me forget it because it's the right <laughs> way to say As it. As you should. All right, some house sweeping items. Um, first, we want you guys to rate and review the show. We, we thrive on those comments. We love to hear what your thoughts are on the show, ways to improve it, etc. cetera. Um, actually, just say nice things because we're very sensitive on the show. Just kidding. Um, also, we have some social media things going. Please find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that. Uh, and then also send us an email at superbscast at gmail.com. That would be legit. Okay, now that we got all that fun, boring stuff out of the way, let's get to some boring, fun stuff, a.k.a. Brian, why don't you tell me what you've been playing this week? Actually, do you want Thank to Thank you, me? Brian. That was great. <laughs> you might want to save me for last. I oh. think I might have played the most stuff, so I might okay. have oh, yeah. I might have Dr. Donna levels to talk about you with, okay? Oh my uh, god. I'm going to go Are you going to talk about games? Game collecting those moons, I guess. <laughs> I'm collecting moons, I'm collecting Egypt, I'm collecting it all. I'm doing it. Okay. So let me uh let me hit you guys back at the end with that sweet justice. Okay. Well, um Marky, how about you uh, hit us up on that on those gamings? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. These these past couple of months, I've been uh, focusing pretty much on my mobas. Um, Your mobas. So, uh, I know you're not a big fan, but oh. League of Legends is the uh, Dave is the only person on this podcast to actually hate mobas. Yeah, <laughs> all the rest of us are profound mobile. Uh, wait a second. Well, wait a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, I think we're on the opposite sides of the fence for this one, though. Uh, Cause you're a you're in a Han, was that it? I, I'm a Dota, Dota and a Han fan. Dota and Han, yeah. And Dota two, but but mostly Dota and one and Han. Yeah. I and I appreciate the law. I I, I dabbled in the law mm-hmm. for for some time, but um. Anyways, why don't you tell me you've been you've been lolling it up lately? Yeah. Well, I've got a group a uh, group of coworkers. We're the War Boys. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm the worst one, but the it's, worst uh, worst one. The worst one. Um and uh, who do you main as? Uh, well, we we mostly play as uh, random, ARAM, all random, all mid. Um, so That's I legit. I tend to do better as tanky ones that kind of take the back line. That's when my team is happiest is when I'm like have a lot of health and and hang back and don't do anything. <laughs> um, but who's your favorite character to play? Uh, well, probably probably Blitzcrank actually, because then I can hang back with my crew. He's and the big shield dude, right? With the no, poison. No, he's a, he's a robot that oh, just yeah. grabs people and yanks them back to the team, so everybody else right. can. If you guys haven't played the game, it's pretty much like a tower defense thing where uh, I don't know your team of five people versus their team of five people, and you're kind of destroying your way into the enemy base, um, and. Uh, yeah, well, we we've been playing this for I don't know, probably for a couple of years now. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. League of Legends has been around for a long time. It's been now. around for a while. Um, but yeah, yeah. Kind of, I'm definitely casual. Definitely the worst person on the team. But 
have fun playing and hanging out with he's people. Being humble, he's being humble. They're pro esports. They've yeah, been yeah. knocking it against evil geniuses. They go mm. up against Cloud Nine. Yeah. yeah, Cloud Nine. I mean, I'm a yeah second row, yeah substitute for SKT. <laughs> That's why we went down. If you saw me, if you saw me, I was on the uh, the downside of the losing team of the finals that happened. Did you guys see any of that? I they didn't. okay. No. So esports is no joke right now. Mm. Like. They had where the Olympics happened in China a couple of years ago in the uh, bird's nest. They rented out that whole thing, filled the stadium, and they had esports playing there for League of Legends. They had it was a League of Legends tournament. It was a League of Legends World Championship, like to a packed outdoor stadium that they had all the Olympic players at. It was just crazy. crazy to watch. Yeah, they have the drum uh, people. <laughs> I know that they the eight hundred drivers. Yeah, <laughs> did Cartman wake up in a sweat like the Chinese? <laughs> Going to his local PF Chang. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, Mark. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you play anything else or just working on your mobs game? No, I've, I've been, other than that, I've been been regretting that uh, I let Nathan borrow my orange box, so I need to get that back from him. Cause, oh, yeah. I mean, Half-Life 2 and Portal and stuff like that. Portal 2 is a great one. Um, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of, I tend to, to circulate back to the stuff that I like, but I will watch, uh, I don't know, funny, fun or funny videos with, like, players that i like to every now and then on like twitch or youtube or something like oh, that oh yeah too, so. I, I stream too yeah. watch some streaming i mean i don't stream I, I sw- i'm a pro streamer so yeah. you guys know that yeah right yeah that's everybody's know that what have you been playing my bro oh um i'm sorry i thought i was moderating tonight i'll be asking I'm the questions gonna cut in. uh dave what are you playing tonight oh thanks dave oh, I've been <laughs> <laughs> is that a dave impression yeah it's a little too good okay well, a little too spot on, if you know what I mean. Uh, I've just been playing Brian's favorite game, Donna's favorite game, uh, the old World of Warcraft. We mm. love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everyone knows we love, there's two things that SuperBS was built on. That is MMOs. Mm-hmm. Specifically, uh, Donna's mentioned how much he loved the art style and lore <laughs> associated with Blizzard mm-hmm. uh, multiple times. Multiple and, times a day. Uh, we, you know we love esports and MOBAs. Uh, we don't think it's a joke. We love VR too. Sorry. That's the triad. Okay, you're, spe- you're saying we, but there are multiple people on the show who have different opinions uh, than the, original, the loudest people on the show. The original so you know. loud members <laughs> who created based on the good word of Final Fantasy XV uh-huh, loved uh-huh. it. Madden. Also, speak Madden. <laughs> Madden. Although one of our most interesting shows had been about Madden. In I think my I heard opinion. that one. Yeah, one my Maybe that's was why on. it's coming. He came on. very prepared. Yeah, and he almost yeah, he sold did. me on Madden. He and, almost did. And then I thought about it. Tom actually is a rep for uh, Frostburn or whatever that engine is. Frostbite. Frostbite. <laughs> Frostburn. Oh, man. Don't, you're glad Donna's not here. Lol references in there. Yeah. So, wow, wow references. I, well, oh, Frost, Frostburn's also a Han reference. Oh. Oh, nice. New well, not, you wouldn't know that. I'm just letting you know. What have you been doing in WoW? Okay, so playing that WoW, repping that mage. Getting uh, that pacifist run going. Mm-hmm, getting a pacifist uh, <laughs> WoW run going. <laughs> the only experience I get is from discovering new cities. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty it's slow so go. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty well-traveled, but as far as uh, being an asset in combat, I'm just worthless. So mm. where are you on your mage test? You get your mount yet? I got my mount yesterday, actually. It's really hard. That's level 40. Yeah, it's actually level 20. Um, nah, don't believe in that. Okay, cool. Well, um, in WoW, when you play it, uh, things are different now than when they were 20 years ago when you played. You don't just turn them into a sheep and run the other way? No. Um, I, just, I just blow stuff up, throw some ice cubes at it, call it a day. Things, are so, nah. things die so easily in that game now. It's, it's pretty... 
So where's all the mindless. mad PvP on STV happening? The mad PvP? Okay, well, you just said the only location like, that <laughs> it could possibly be, so I guess STV. And um, still 40 on 40s out the beach, no, man, right? That's, there's, there's no world PvP anymore. All the PvP, you just queue up uh, to the battleground person or whatever. Actually, you don't even need to do that anymore. You just queue up for battlegrounds while sitting AFK and Orgrimmar. That's all you need to do. Um, so that's gone. And like I said, if a couple weeks ago on the Blizzard episode, I'm really hoping that the new expansion sort of revitalizes that dead scene of open world PvP. Hmm. Make it right. great again. No one else has played <laughs> games, so Mark, why don't you tell me again? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, Brian, tell me about games you've been okay, playing. Okay, I'll unleash it on you dudes. I am almost done with Super Mario Odyssey. I'm at 875 moons. I'm Dang. at the point where there's only 999 moons in the whole game, and most of those you have to get through buying them. That's too many. What? <laughs> get through yeah. buying them? Yeah, so it is It is one of the worst things about Mario Odyssey is that so some people don't want to go out and get the moons, so they allowed people to buy moons in the game to kind of like bypass that in case they want to just see the late game content. But they cost a lot of coins or something? They're a decent amount of coins. It's not like that expensive, but the problem is I think you can buy your way to 999 without getting all the moons you need to get to 999. Mm -hmm. And there aren't even enough moons in the game to get to 999 without buying oh, moons. Oh, so you must buy You have a to buy, buy moons. Okay. At least at least at least 90, I think. And is this in-game currency? What yeah. Wow. yeah. It's all in-game currency, but I mean Scam. the only thing you get <laughs> the only thing you get for 999 moons is like there's a big hat thing in this game where you're, you know, spoilers. Spirit hat. Yeah, the first second of the game <laughs> they introduce that. And so I believe the hat is on a famous castle in the game that is a spoiler that I won't say much more. And that's like Sleeping the reward. Beauty's castle. Sleep a famous castle. A famous castle. Sleeping Beauty's castle mm. is uh Nice. That probably looks really cool. But mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm almost at the point where I'm about to give up cuz the only moons left to get are like Jump a rope. I was which about to ask you about. if you did jump a rope yet. <laughs> I tried four more times. I just I can't. Four more uh, times. It's so many. Times. I saw my roommate playing that. Yeah, he was uh, he was jump roping and yeah, it's it, terrible. How far did he get? Do you remember? Um, no, I was I was just in the kitchen as this was happening. So Spirit I was kind of him? bypassing. Yeah, yeah, smashing glasses just to distract him. He was, doing, <laughs> he was on a roll, and I would just like <laughs> knock something over. If you can get to seventy jump rope things, you are a chief of gaming. Like I don't even know how you do that. How like, high have you gotten, Brian? A 60 or something it's okay, it's, it's really really like it's by luck that i got to 60 <laughs> like at some point it just becomes pure dumb luck <laughs> like you you were supposed to jump by hey anyways i don't want to keep going over that the other game i played uh, i actually played two more assassin's creed origins which mm. we've talked cool. about on the show and it's really yeah. cool it is really really cool mm -hmm. i don't or an assassin's creed game or just good i just think it's cool mm -hmm. like i like most of the assassin's creed games i don't love them mm -hmm. but i think this one is definitely one of the more interesting ones because it takes place in Egypt. Like it's it's just different. The last few games have all been like Renaissance Europe, pretty much. And yeah. the one Civil War one, which or not Civil War, Revolutionary, Revolutionary War, War, should have been the best. Was like the worst. Why game. should it have been the best? Because hmm. it's such a cool time period. Because Patriots a really good movie. Yeah. No, I just Revolutionary America is like really interesting. You know, like he's crossing yeah. paths with Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin, hmm. George Washington. Just like in history, the one guy. <laughs> you know, this. It does sound like it could have been cool. It wasn't good though, just because oh, gameplay and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it took like eight hours to get to the beginning point of the game where you then had to like hunt a bunch of bears which wasn't fun mm. 
Hmm. Oh, geez. Anyway, was the so, pirate one fun? It was Black Sail or something like that? I've heard that. that. It's great. Black Flag? Black Flag, yeah, yeah. I but, saw a little bit of that. It looks really fun. Like, I have no doubt I won't finish this game mm-hmm. because all Assassin's Creed games are way too long. They're all, like, 50 to 60-hour games. Yeah. And, like, you, and that's if you just mainline the story. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't you do serious? the side quests. Yeah, they're all crazy long. That's insane. Long. Yeah, I mean... It's a good game for your buck, I guess. Yeah, like, I guess so. You buy one Assassin's Creed game, play it for six months. Um, wow. but Ancient Egypt's rad. I don't have an Xbox One X. I just have a regular Xbox One. So mm. I don't get all the cool 4K HDR, which I guess a lot of people are saying it's like one of the best looking games on yeah, Xbox One that. X. Um, but it's fun to just climb towers again and, and hide in the, you know, hay and parkour. take out guys. Yeah, parkour. <laughs> um, uh, what's your best kill you've gotten so far? I mean, I've just started it, so I there are like five guys sneaking on my friend's house. So you got to go in the bushes and take them out. So I did the jump down mm-hmm. off the roof and smack the guy in the head. That oh, one's nice. always fun. Um, I've also been playing uh, South Park. I want to finish mm. that. How but, far are you? Uh, I am. So I, I'm on night two. I want to say it follows a similar uh, setup to the first game where it's three nights. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah, I'm at night two. I I want to finish it. It's a lot of fun, but it's just. Yeah, the bot the battle system is really slow, hmm. so I just don't know if I'm going to be motivated enough to finish it. You're playing on the easiest difficulty yeah, possible, I, right? I try to find the easiest difficulty. Right. I play that and then it. lower it because be- I'm yeah I'm not an idiot, so I'll never play on hard. Right? Like okay. idiots. Um, right. We've talked to idiots in previously on this podcast, <laughs> and they said they would play games on hard like idiots would. Right. Okay. Cool. I used to be all about that hard lifestyle, and then now <laughs> I I just play on like normal or easy just to get through the story if, if 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 i'm like bummed at the yeah if things just drag out then i'll just switch it over to easy mode and and get through the story yeah. yeah i don't think i have any interest in really playing games on hard because there's no good reason to ever do that yeah i mean challenges i mean they, they're dumb they're a waste of time he admits it <laughs> <laughs> um well, guys, should we uh, should we pop into Old Stock Corner? Or should I we, think uh, we should. Let's do it. I just thought of one other game real quick. Oh, let's what do you Let's hear it. Stranger Things on mobile. Oh, really? No way. <laughs> is what it? is that? <laughs> they made a little uh, promotional thing for the uh, for the new season of Stranger Things two that was online, and so you play, and it's actually kind of a fun old um, like Super Nintendo graphics kind of you know small bit gameplay where you swap out characters, like you play as you know. The, I, I'm not super far in it, but you play as the sheriff, and then you play as one of the kids, and then like you, they each have a slingshot or a fast punch or a baseball bat or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of you just kind of like hop and smash your way through town. And uh, how does it I, control though? It's an iOS game, right? Yeah, it's kind of you, you tap on the screen to where you wherever you want to go, and you double tap to attack it or something like that. So it's uh, I mean it's it's kind of straightforward and 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 fun, but um, I don't know, but. Just uh, just getting hyped hyped for the uh, show it was kind of a cool way to go about it. Did you finish that, by the no. way? No, I only got... Uh, hmm, Don't listen probably. to our podcast. <laughs> you spoiled it. Yeah. What have you done so far in the game? Um, you're just kind of like investigating like, oh, there's a mad scientist in the school like who's collecting all this type of stuff. Just or, like the show. You just oh, fight. It's... It's, you, you, everything gets down to fist fights with everything. Right. <laughs> um, but then you go in the upside down for a little bit. And so I'm still, there's still a lot of characters. Fight the monsters? You fist fight everything. <laughs> plants, trees. And you punch everything in the upside down to death. Yeah. Just like in the show. So, and... Just like in the show. So it's not the plot of the seasons. I right? think it's kind of like a filler thing. Okay. Um, like, I don't know. Like if you were a hardcore fan or something, you might be able to find additional additional things to bridge the seasons or something like that. But, Got it. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of like a, what's this? Oh, it's free. I'll give it a go. 
Cool. Well, yeah. That's good. And it wasn't worth it was what he said in the end. Was it free? Free. It wasn't yeah. worth free ninety nine. Not was... worth. <laughs> if, it's, if you don't pay for it, it's not worth it. There yeah. you go. So no. If you're not dropping sixty bones on that, I don't mm-hmm. want to look at it. Sixty dollars on a mobile ca- or a, a <laughs> mobile. OS game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Speaking of sixty dollars, let's hop into the world of stuff. My speciality. Stock okay. Corner. Marky Stock Corner. Mm-hmm. First corner. inaugural episode. Um. Should we just kick it off with the old NT Doi, a.k.a. Nintendo? Yeah. I want to know how they're doing. Let's do it. So last week, as you recall, I astutely projected that Nintendo would close the year at $50 or more. You didn't do that at all. And low end be scold. It is at $50.06 today. That's not what that paper says. Oh, Mark, Mark. (laughs) I brought you on the show to be nice. Um, Just kidding. Um, I brought him on the show to be mean. Yeah. So they're, <laughs> they're, up, they're, they're up today a little bit, but, um, you know, people are just like going mad. Analysts are going mad basically uh, in a good way, Mad Hatter way, uh, about all the sales and projected sales for the Switch. And people are saying, oh, the Switch is going to um, match the Wii in sales and all this sort of stuff. I mean, that I think that's a little ambitious. What did the Wii sell? Like $60 million or something or I think it was 120 million. Oh, okay. I thought it was PS4 or PS2 sold 120 million. So if that's the case, then we sold 100 million. Okay, but it was, so but it was it's still well, it's in there. the trip yeah. in the whatever six figures or whatever you want to call it. I think it was just so hard to get the switches and stuff for yeah. these past but months. It can't sell that way because there's not a hundred year olds that are going to buy it to play bowling for sure. Mm-mm. Yeah, they're going to lose all that casual gamer market. Your grandma's not going to be like, oh, man, I want to get this console that I can play on the go. Yeah. <laughs> and then I want to do jump rope in New Donk City all day. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's just not going to sell that much. Um, I think Nintendo's, Nintendo stock's at an all-time high, uh, so that's great. Um, I just don't – I think people – like the business side of the people who invest into Nintendo and things like that who are kind of disconnected from what's actually happening at the company are going to be disappointed when in a year from now – the Switch is, oh, the Switch has sold $30 million, hmm. but, you know, still, like, a quarter of what the Wii sold. So we'll see what happens, when, when, you know, when we get around to that time. If they sell $30 million, though, no, if they, that's yeah. still a ton. Like. No, it will be a ton. No, for sure. Um, so, so anyways, so that's basically what's going on with the Nintendo. They're at 50 bucks right now, so they're doing well. Um, probably going to continue to do well through the Christmas season, I would say, because... They have um, all the big titles, and people are going to continue to sell and buy Switches, I think, through Christmas. This is kind of like something I want to bring up in the news, but just going on what you're saying, like, yeah, they have, they've been doing really well with their ports as well. They've been getting last-generation games. Well, I mean, Doom wasn't last-generation, but hmm. Skyrim's on it now, and yeah. L.A. Noir and games, like, I mean, L.A. Noir, I don't want to give it. Skyrim is like, I've been thinking about rebuying it even at $60 just because it sounds fun to take it on the go. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy because it's a game that I bought $60 six years ago. Yeah, I can see the talent system and the inventory management being kind of annoying on the go. I mean, they might make it be touchscreen, though, and then it's Could. actually okay. It a lot of be. Yeah, inventory management. Everybody's everybody's favorite <laughs> video game feature. Yeah. yeah. It's what Bethesda loves. Oh, wait, real quick about inventory management. Did you guys play... Uh, Original, not original sin, but uh, divinity. Yeah, divinity. Yeah, no. you guys play divinity? No, oh, okay. I never did. Dude, that management inventory management was intense because you had four characters and they all had their own inventories. 
It was games really need to. I think like when they're making games, that needs to be up there with plot and game. Like Mm -hmm. if you're gonna have an inventory and you have to manage it at all, make it fun or useful. Mm -hmm. Because that that ruined Fallout Four for me. That made Witcher Three kind of not fun at times because I had to go back and sell when I didn't want to like do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like too many games make this thing that's like oh takes you away from what you were doing because yeah. now you have to sell. Funky UI or you you're yeah, you start collecting all these things cuz you think, "Okay, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make potions with all this stuff or mm-hmm. okay, no, I guess that's not how this game works." Or like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like if you spend 20 minutes every time you go back into town and do that stuff, it's such a waste of time. The oh, weight yeah. system needs to be dropped in yeah. almost all games. And it's not until mm. you're older that you realize, oh, I'm wasting my time doing this. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fetch mission with like me gathering wooden buckets and stuff to <laughs> gain an extra gold piece. Yeah. You got to get those wooden buckets. But yeah, sorry about Speaking uh, of, taking uh, us uh, gold pieces. Um, Acti- uh, Activision Blizz, ATVI. They were down a little bit today, not a whole lot, uh, about a quarter of a percent. They're trading at $63.93, still at um, relatively all-time high for Activision Blizz. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about them right now in terms of stock, but I did notice that there was another guy. I'm sure I'm, you, might, you guys might have heard about this person who spent almost $2,000 on his Hearthstone collection. There's another guy who just recently did it, or has been doing it since the game came out, and he was also saying how, oh yeah, I spent you know eighteen hundred dollars, and I haven't received all the cards yet, or there's still cards I don't have. Oh, yeah, just, I did just hear about that. Yeah. It, so the first guy did it because he wanted to get gold editions of every right, card. Right. I don't know if the second guy is doing it just to get all the cards now, because mm. that's a real thing. Like, Maybe he is. I don't know. I. It's just like, why? Okay. So for one, why are you doing that? Mm. <laughs> And then two, even if you were successful in getting all the cards, like, I don't know, what does that do for you? Makes you cool. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's a showcase kind of thing, but yeah, yikes. I guess. Man, I can't wait to show all my friends my (laughs) $2,000 of purchases. I bought a digital game that may end tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. That's the funniest thing about it, because if you actually read all the end-user license agreements for any game, Mm -hmm. they can say, and anything that you do in this game can basically end tomorrow at a moment's notice. we We can shut this off and delete every asset you think you own. I in did read that. Lot. I do read those. In the you game. do read the EULAs? <laughs> no, I don't. Nobody, Nobody reads, reads the EULAs. They're the best part of the game. I get to those. I'm like, I'm done. After I finish that, I shut the game off. Thank you. <laughs> Everything um, else is a bonus after that. Yeah, that's... Man, there's a game after this? I thought this was what I was paying the money for. Um, we'll have some news, actually, about exactly what you said. But uh, okay. it's, cool. it's tied to Disney. I don't think they have any... We don't. We're, they're not our stocky. No, I don't. Fo- I mean, yeah. I don't follow Disney. Just like I don't really follow Sony or Microsoft. Mm-hmm. But um, so we got Nintendo, Activi, Activi. We got some EA. You can look at. They're so, trash. That's the. <laughs> actually, EA is down the most of all the stocks we follow. About one percent. Still, still pretty high though. One hundred seven sixty four. Um, I guess the only thing I want to talk about in connection with EA is the fact that they pulled microtransactions from um, Battlefront, the Battlefront. We talked about that so much last week because of. No, it's good that you're bringing this up. Oh, yeah. To yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and then a lot of people, like on the business side of things, uh, like analysts and actual stock investors and things like that, they are pretty worried about EA stock performance because EA has been a pretty um, powerful stock lately in uh, as like a way to round out you know, your, your portfolio. 
Um, but people are really upset about all the negative press that they've been getting in connection with Battlefront and this, all that stuff. This fall's been terrible for them. Mm-hmm. They released Battlefront 2, which has had, I mean, it'll probably still sell like a billion copies. Not really that much, but a lot of copies because Star still Wars. still sell well, sure. Mm. But, I mean, they also released Need for Speed. You guys remember that yeah, yeah. series? Yeah. They released a new one this year. It's Almost no one's talking about it because it's supposed to be one of the worst Need for Speeds ever made. Oh, yeah. That's too bad. So they are, mm. and those are their two games. Wow. So, <laughs> you know, I I don't know. I it's like I, I don't feel bad for them. They're a um, massive company and they are notorious for cutting corners. I think that's what they do. Yeah. They they bank on uh, guaranteed income and revenue and stuff and I think people are getting a little bit sick of it. Mm. Yeah, and I think I think it's like a scary thing to think that they they just we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but they bought uh Respawn, mm-hmm. the company mm-hmm. who made oh, yeah, Modern yeah. Warfare Titanfall. And, and Titanfall. Yeah, Titanfall. Yeah. And they just bought them for four hundred fifty million because I guess a company called Nexon. Or I, I think that price is a little high. Yeah, it was, but, but I no, guess no, no, no. I think that four, I don't think it was four fifty. It was four fifty. Are you sure? One hundred percent. Four hundred fifty million. Um, mm-hmm. Vince Sampella's company. Anyways, welcome to Mark's fact check corner. <laughs> Mark is gonna Could you fact check that, Mark? <laughs> yeah, because I think it's four hundred fifty with like an option to earn out four fifty. Like, really? Think, I oh, think, okay. I, I don't think it's like guaranteed four fifty. I just saw the four fifty. That's okay, all okay. I know. Okay, so okay. if that's the case, but yeah, I, nice I thought. Series. <laughs> <laughs> what video game recent video game company? Sorry, hold on a second, Siri. Uh, Sorry, over. Siri. We're just gonna give up on Siri, this. Siri, what video game company recently sold for four hundred fifty million dollars? As my friend Brank Brian Wegener, Wegener just said, she says. Please no, have her respond. She's, 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 uh, she's struggling. With that <laughs> she one. gave up. She's, <laughs> she's like, she's, uh, I, I give up. Are you sure she's, it's not the guy from um, from the New South Park uh, episode South Park where he just stands in the yeah. corner? Boop, the red, boop, beep, beep. Beep, boop, beep, beep. Uh, I'll find that tune for you. Uh, um, no, but they, they bought it for a ton, and a lot mm. of people are worried that Titanfall 3 is going to now be like, oh, you know what? There's no season pass, which is awesome, but now there was no season pass in Titanfall 2 either, but now you have to buy. Uh, you know, $60 to get all the character unlocks or you have to play for a thousand hours. Well, okay. I think EA, if there is a lesson to be learned from EA, it would have happened now in connection with Star Wars. So you can, you can give them the benefit of the doubt and hopefully they apply that. What, if they do learn anything, it'll be the bare minimum. It'll be like the mm-hmm. absolute lowest common denominator of what they could do. So anyways, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Who else do we got? Uh, we can do something real quick on Ubisoft. Um, nothing particular in the news, but um, their stock's up a little bit today, so 1569. Oh, great job. Yeah, great job. they're doing great. Uh, and then Take Two, um, they're they're way up. They're actually the highest price video game stock that I follow. They're at 117.40. Uh, they're a little bit down today, but last week they had a huge jump. And like I th- was saying last week, it's in um, connection with their earnings. Take Two. Take Two, they take are two. Grand Theft Auto. Okay. Red Dead. In LA, New Rockstar. So they own Rockstar. Yeah. They own yeah. Rockstar, okay. and then another oh, different. I actually don't know what they own besides Rockstar now. I mm. think it's Rockstar is just their biggest company. So that's okay. one way. Really gotcha, know. gotcha. And that's it for uh, Stock Corner. Unless you guys have any questions. That's, that's kind of surprising. I don't know because because the last Grand Theft Auto that I knew of, like, kind of tanked pretty quick once people were hacking into it and stuff. Uh, it tanked in terms of like our group of friends, but that game is just blew up. I still. think it's. Oh, God. So it's actually in the NPD for like the top selling games. Hmm. It's been What's the number, NPD. Uh, I actually don't know what it means, but it's like national the, price deficit. Uh, <laughs> national price deficit. <laughs> no, the NPD is where they they tell you the top selling games at retail. Oh, okay. Um, and it is normally number one. 
Hmm. Even after coming out on the Xbox more than two years ago. Really? It's oh, yeah. still Whoa. number one That's almost crazy. every month. It's in the top it's been the top NPD since it released uh, on Xbox One and PS4 two years ago, but it was in there the whole time as well when it was on Xbox 360 and PS3 for the first two years. Is it, is it monthly sales or yes, just like monthly. total? So people are still buying that yes. game. Yeah. So it's it's what? sometimes the top selling game of the month. How is that even Dang. possible? It's, cr- it's only been like the lowest I've ever seen is $30 and it's a four year old game. Man. Like it's, and that's all, that's rare that it drops down to $30. It must be all these like young kids coming of age or something and it's like now mm. they can finally get an R game because that's the one or something. <laughs> yeah, rated M game. I mean, yeah. It's rated R. Rated R. <laughs> rated um, R for Rockstar. Also for Rockstar. like I mean besides the hackers like they added so much there online like you can do bank heist now you can create your own like maps and courses not like map but like courses and objectives you can create mm-hmm. your own free for all matches and they put a lot into that game. Beat and people's arms off with a baseball bat. And there's microtransactions. <laughs> and microtransactions. So they're everybody's making, favorite. Yeah. Yep. Everybody loves them. That's why people are buying this <laughs> game in droves. Inventory management and microtransactions. <laughs> everybody loves those inventory management. Sign me up. Well, anyways, guys, that's all I got from the Stocky Poos. Uh, unless you guys have any other comments, we can exit out of this little microtransaction. No, I'm so proud of T2. T2. <laughs> uh, yeah, T2. Yeah. R2T2. T2. T2. R2, <laughs> I loved him. Well, guys, should we uh, take a little breaky poo, or should we hop into that sweet, sweet news? Let's follow your lead. I I'm okay with a tiny, tiny break. Yeah, let's take a little tiny Tim break. Hey, everyone, venture into the pop culture cosmos today, where you'll hear our conversations on different topics within the world of movies, TV, video games, comic books, technology, board gaming, and more. You'll also get a taste of some of our other shows within the cosmos as well. So come on and join us each week as we delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome. To the pop culture cosmos. And we are back. That was a great break. Yummy. Had some of that yummy, Yum. yummy pizza. Mm. Yummy. Thank you, Master Splinter. Uh, You're, sorry, welcome. Sorry, <laughs> You're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> that was a good impression. That was uh, spot on, Splinter. That was Mark. spot on. Thank you, Mark, for doing yeah. the Splinter. Well, that was Mark who did that? Mm-hmm. And not Brian. That not wasn't Brian. me. Not yeah. Brian. So okay. if you guys don't like that, just remember it was Mark and not me. Okay. And then rate like review that, the show. If you did like that, it was uh, <laughs> Dr. Ghana. Dr. Ghana. Dr. Dr. Ghana. <laughs> Ghana. Dr. Ghana. She's Ghana gone. Yeah, she's a Ghana. Ghana dust. Well, here, uh, guys, this just in. There's some news that we want to talk about. Hot yeah. off the presses. Hot off those presses. Hot off the um, Kotaku presses. No, this actually kind of could have worked. Yeah, <laughs> off the Kotaku. <laughs> you are pretty much right most of the time. On this one, you are, but not on the next one. Uh, Game Informer. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, thegamer.com. Thegamer.com. That's the only site we read, review, love hope to be someday is that the new um, game facts <laughs> that is the new game facts is it the new game facts i thought that was uh, no that is game facts oh. or are you talking about neogap i'm making stuff up right oh, okay I'm not talking Neo, are you talking about neopets you're talking about neo <laughs> neopets i'm talking about tamaguchi over <laughs> Tama here you're talking Gucci? about Ga- tamagotchi oh, ta- tamagotchi tamagotchi <laughs> okay tamagotchi that could totally be a thing it's a terrible like a way to get into what podcast. i was talking <laughs> i like my thing i'll better. switch it up and then i'll talk about the sadder stuff second um, the More first cooler, okay. not sadder stuff, was uh, Nintendo Switch 
was named as Time Magazine's coolest piece of tech this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Why didn't you bring that up during Nintendo Doi's stock corner I'm section? An idiot and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's awesome. It beat the iPhone X and the DJI blah blah blah. The I don't Spark. Know. The Spark. <laughs> why do you think? It, what is a DJI Spark? It's a tiny little drone. Pretty oh. slick. Is that the one you have? No, no, no. I have a, it's I have in a here watching one, us right now. It's Mark's... the one that's floating up right there. It's real quiet. Whispers quiet. We're uh, live streaming. Uh, I like how we're team. all looking and pointing <laughs> for our podcast. Well, everybody sees benefit. us online. <laughs> yeah. On uh, Twitter.glove. Um, why do you think it won first place? Uh, I think it's because it's the best. <laughs> I mean, oh, no, it's I, the best? Do you like the Switch? Uh, I hate it. Okay. As everybody knows on here, we're anti-Switch. Mm-hmm. We are anti-virtual console. Pro-VR. Um, okay. Pro Tales of Fantasy. Oh my gosh! Um, cool. No, <laughs> I no, I, I love the Switch. Like I, you guys know that. So Everyone it won because you love the Switch. Is yeah, that, and is Time that why? interviewed me. <laughs> Brian, uh, give us what's, the top ten. What's your top ten text? I was like, I you know, I guess the iPhone X after I had some DJI thingy that stole my It's It's the Spark. It's the tiny Brian, little drone. Brian just struggled to name ten things that were invented this year, and this is what he came up with. And even though I like the Xbox One X, I put it at eight just so people don't think I was favorite. <laughs> That's cool, man. Um, it's really cool of me. But uh, no, I I don't know why I think it's it's cut is it's really cool. Like it's a really powerful tablet, mm-hmm. and it does something that very few things have ever tried doing where, I mean, I was about to say consoles, but because it's a hybrid, nothing ever has really tried to do exactly what it's done. Yeah. Like you can't take your, I mean, you can, no, you can't, you can't take your phone and go home and, and you do know, a put phone it in a port call and do a phone call. <laughs> you can't do that, man. There's no right. phone calls. Right. You can't put it in a port and then just play the games that you want off it. Mm-hmm. And you can't take your Xbox with you to Dave's house and yeah. show him all the cool games you're playing. Right. Well, you and can't. Mark, yeah. Mark does. I and do. Will. Does. I actively do. And he paid the $5,000 to get the screen in it that I've seen people do, where then you also have to carry around external battery pack. Oh, shoot. I don't know about that. I think have I've you... seen pictures of that like in subways. Yeah, where... yeah. But you have to carry a 30-pound Xbox with you. Oh, my you gosh. To do that. Uh, did I tell you that when I was trying to convince my wife to get the Wii U, I told her that that it did what the Switch does now. So I, I was under the impression that, oh, yeah, you can play uh, what, your watch TV while I play the game, and it's totally cool. <laughs> you can do that, though. On the Wii U. Yeah. Well, mm, oh. No. Oh, I forgot. You're using the Wii U as a video yeah. service as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't do, do it then. Oh. oh, man, yeah. The Wii U sucked. Oh, R.I.P. R.I.P., man. I, I, well, I like the, some of the games on the Wii U. But speaking Anyways. of R.I.P., I want to let you guys know about one other thing. And this was actually, I want to tie it into Hearthstone stuff earlier. There was a company called Gazillion Entertainment that worked on a game called Marvel Heroes. It's mm-hmm. like a Diablo yeah. 3 like uh, RPG action game that was free to play. And it's on uh, PS4, Xbox, and PC. And there's a really, actually, really cool podcaster named Anthony Gallegos or whatever. Gallegos, I don't know. But he's with our, our Rebel FM, and yeah, they Disney just closed them down this week, and so a lot of the people who were previously playing the game, I think it's open for a few more weeks or something like that, are really upset because hmm. if they bought characters or bought anything that's free to play, bought mm-hmm. the costumes, yep. they just lose them. They that's... lose hundreds and sometimes thousands of dollars. Uh, we, were le- we were talking earlier about lessons learned in connection with video games. I think this is one of them. Yeah, it's just a, it's a bummer though. It's, like it's, it's sad yeah. that this, this is one of the things, I don't know if we've talked about it on here before, but games as a service, mm-hmm. it's a big issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when you're putting a lot of money into digital game, you know? 
But yeah, I just want to bring that up because it was actually kind of a cool game. A lot of times the games that get shut down, they haven't made games in years or the mm-hmm. game their last game wasn't successful. But this was one that people seemed to like and was doing quite well, but I hmm. guess it wasn't doing well enough for Disney standards. So. Yeah, I don't know. I need to see some of those statistics. I need to see those, those numbers. I'm going to see the numbers signs. on that ASAP. Sheila? Um, otherwise, though, the Newsweek was kind of slow. Mm-hmm. I, I got to mention a few things. Um, the ports to the Nintendo Switch have been rad. There's been a lot of digital sales in, in you know, yeah, on Black Xbox. Friday. Yeah, mm-hmm. on Xbox and PlayStation. And Black Friday's coming, so you can find, like, Xbox Ones and PS4s for mm-hmm. 180 bucks with games. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Okay, with, with the ports that are going on with the Switch, do they tend to stay, like, in a certain generation of video game consoles? So the Switch is underpowered compared to modern consoles like Xbox One and PS4. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the most of the ports are Xbox 360 games. However, oh, okay. Doom was released on Xbox One and PS4, and it runs there. It's just lower resolution mm-hmm. and a little bit lower frame rate. But, man, yeah. the fact that they even got those things running on there is, like, mm-hmm. kind of crazy. No, mm. it is crazy for sure. It's like a high-powered iPad. Did you pick up Doom? I didn't. It, the, the fact that they're charging 60 bucks for both of these games has made me, like, I would love to buy it, but that's too high. I would just get it on Xbox One or the One that's, X. When you, you, I got it when it was twenty bucks. Yeah, I mean, playing it on the Switch seems like it'd be wouldn't be as fun because like the point of buying something on the Switch that you already could have purchased on a previous on like an actual truer console is to play it on the go or like the promise of playing it on the go. I would never want to play Doom on the go because hmm. it unless you're playing in a dark room or something like yeah. that. It seems like it'd be tough to play. But a good example, and I think Mark was kind of hinting at this with his yeah, was uh, <laughs> like, what if your roommate's on the TV? Or like tonight, like my wife was watching something and I wanted to play. I mean, I'm yeah. a 16-year-old mm-hmm. boy, so it's weird I'm married. Right. Yeah. But uh, like I said, <laughs> emancipated this boy. a long time ago. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. I get that, but yeah. it just seems like there are there are other games you would play in those situations. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just If I had the choice, I would choose not to play Doom in that setting, I would wait to play it when the TV was unoccupied. What about on the toilet? I would actually, let me re, you know, amend my previous answer, only play on the toilet, but not on the go, nowhere else. That's where you'd want to play it. Yeah, <laughs> the scariest in there. But anyways, w- with our special guest joining us. Oh, we have a special guest tonight? Yeah. yeah. We, we have a guest. He's hiding uh, up in the ceiling. Up in the oh. raptors? It's, oh. uh, in the raptors. Did you know the raptor? <laughs> the velociraptors. <laughs> Uh, okay, so so Mark, uh, word has gotten to me through through inner office memos and other sort of uh, scuttlebutt around the office cooler. Sheila, Sheila, <laughs> namely, that uh, you've had a pretty interesting conversation with someone in the uh, in the old industry. Yeah, well, okay, so I do a lot of um, video and audio type of stuff. Uh, right now, I'm work I work on a well for the past couple of years. I've been working on a program called Road Trip Nation on on PBS, um, where I go go out on the road with a couple of students and we travel and uh, do interviews with people. You guys um, should all check it out. It's really rad. It's pretty cool. When uh, is it on? Actually, um, it depends where you're at, really. Like, cause it's it's. What's it on in California? California. It depends where in California. Where's it on the Ukraine? We're in the Ukraine, it's not on. Oh, <laughs> sorry. But you can check it out online. <laughs> Um, if you ever see a big green RV driving around anywhere, that's not a sparklets thing. That's us. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So as part of the, we did a trip where we took a couple of students who are interested in technology and stuff. And we did, uh, we did a trip, um, we took them out and around and we did some interviews. Um, one of the interviews, one of the interviews that we did was with Niantic. Um, there's a 
story developer there. Um, and he worked, real quick though, just in case somebody doesn't know, yeah, yeah. Niantic, 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 whatever. Yeah, the name. Uh, yeah. But you know, just tell <laughs> some people. Yeah, yeah. So tell people you, about small game they if did. If you played Pokemon Go. Which I did, which I sucked at. You sucked yeah. at Pokemon Go? I yeah, it's can't, a game where you can't, can't even suck. go. <laughs> yeah, I ran out of Pokeballs. Did you and... get hit in it by a car while looking for Pokemon <laughs> or something? <laughs> I ran out. Yeah. And all the, all you're the, one, uh, you're the kid. You're the I, kid who ruined it. I am it. that guy that <laughs> they, they have on the all cliff. the warnings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, Mark. I walked straight into the ocean because a Squirtle was out there. Uh, squirtle. Um, Actually, I would go there. And for even a when his phone was it. off for some odd reason, <laughs> just kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, yeah, I'm kind of a, tend to always lean towards um, audio and 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 stuff like that too. But we did a, a pretty fun conversation with a, a guy at Niantic, 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 and um, he's the. <laughs> He, they also had another game there called Ingress. Um, pretty much what Niantic really does cool is like you use your phone and you can interact with the world around you and do like some kind of, um, yeah, interacting with your real environment through the camera or something. But this other game that he specifically worked on, um, Ingress is kind of like a big global spy thing where they've got a bunch of like agents throughout kind of the country and they're all figuring out some kind of uh clues and 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 like there's a story that's kind of unraveling as they play it um do you play it with other people you play yeah. it with other people kind of like collectively like there'll be certain events and stuff like a warp gates opening in this area or something and like uh, uh I, I haven't really played the game myself a little bit i just kind of opened it up and browsed around mm-hmm. but but they have like main characters and stuff and that they have every day they're writing content for this game that, oh, wow. that you play yeah it's pretty cool it actually preceded um pokemon go yeah. mm-hmm. it's another augmented reality game yeah totally. i was gonna ask it sounds like it. so you cool. yeah, yeah like you can go to my parents house which is a capture point mm-hmm, and yeah. you have to go there and try to get that spot away mm-hmm. from like the other people there now yes. does this coincide with the red dots that are on the map like when you look to see if there's a predator in your neighborhood. I was, I was I'm wondering because you know your parents have a red dot. So. Wow, we yeah. think so. We think so alike because I was thinking that. Yeah. Don't um, see him on my parents. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think all that augmented reality and stuff <laughs> is, is really Sorry, fun. Sorry, mom. You're good. Sorry, Mrs. Wagner. <laughs> She's our number one listener, guys. Now we have zero listeners. She's reservation for Jerry. She has <laughs> reservations for Jerry and Cam. Oh, wow. She's I really screwed the pooch tonight. She made two <laughs> iTunes accounts to rate us. I love the choices, too, of those names. So, so uh, Mark, um, any special words of wisdom from your friend at Neontech? Oh, man. Um, geez, it was, it, was, um, it was a fun, it was kind of like a fun get to, get to know him um, type, of, type of situation. Um, but it just really gave me a whole new appreciation. I've, I've just been thinking more about augmented reality type of stuff. Um, you just kind of see it coming now more, like, even outside of games, there's, like, bringing it into architecture and, like, oh, yeah. like okay, well, hold up, hold up your phone and look at the skyline. That's what your building will look like in the midst of the skyline and, and cool. all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's just it's just, like, getting around more and more. And I, I always get... To thinking like with Pokemon Go or something, and you kind of make your your little cafe 
or place of business, if it like becomes a poke stop or something mm-hmm. like that, that just kind of seems like the way that advertising of the future can go. Like mm-hmm. Pokemon Go, it's like then maybe the an early phase ingress is like an early phase and all this augmented reality type of stuff. But or public libraries, public libraries. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what I saw advertising when I was driving when Pokemon really? Go was out. Like, oh yeah, come catch Pokemon here at the Huntington right. Beach Public Library. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I just see it as like a big thing where in the future you're going to probably not too far out. You're probably going to see like people who run these companies or shops or spots like paying Neantic like Google or something to like, okay, can you make my place a little bit more prominent on the, Mm -hmm. on the thing? And then that's like how you can control people's foot traffic and and things like that. I just think that whole idea is pretty fascinating on just like, because it's what people kind of want and what they'll do. I don't know. Yeah. Um, for sure. That's really rad. Since yeah. you're a big audio guy, before we get to the, the main event oh, yeah. tonight, I was curious, um, what is something like audio related to games that you like, man? Okay. Yeah. So I do um, a lot of, yeah, part of the stuff I do on the show is I do like recording and Foley work and stuff like that. And I, I get music for our programs and things like that. Um, Foley work is maybe some of my favorite stuff is where like if there's what's a, Foley work? Yeah, if there's a, if there's a video that doesn't have sound, um, I go and make the sound for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like say if you're watching a movie and there's somebody running through the forest with a bunch of leaves or something, mm-hmm. um, the there's usually a guy or a group of people working together and like rustling leaves to match the movie oh, right. or something like that, like stomping or like if there's a horse or something, they'll be you know, mm-hmm. clapping two coconuts together to make horse <laughs> sounds or something like that. that a la Monty Python. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know. I kind of wanted to like pose the question to you guys. If there was any games growing up where like they had certain sound effects or like if you heard a certain sound, like immediately you get transported or you mm-hmm. go like, I've got to have that as a cell phone ringtone or something like that. Like where hmm. like, I'm curious. To... Do you have one? I've got one that I hate, but I will always remember. <laughs> I, I, that's the, accepted. The noises in Banjo Kazooie that all the people make. Oh, when they I talk. Used to, I used to love it as a kid. But I played, that's pretty good. I played. That is actually it. I played ukulele recently, which oh. I like. And uh, Dave specifically mentioned how much he loves. Yep. He kickstarted it. I love it as much as Donna loves the art style of Blizzard. Games. Yeah, that is. Those are both <laughs> things that both of these people love. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they do that noise, and you couldn't skip it. And I realized, like, yeah. nah, this Could isn't good. Could you fast good. forward it at all? Like, no, no, you like you couldn't skip yeah. the noise. Oh they gosh. added that feature later, so I haven't oh. gone back to the game yet. But like, <laughs> nothing yeah, re- can make me turn off video game faster. Like, yeah, and, like, or bad audio. audio faster than bad audio. Yeah, or a podcast. And <laughs> 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 sorry, I just had to add something bad. I was trying to think, what's the worst thing you do? I'm snort noises. Um. <laughs> No, but like that, there's like a character that burps in Banjo Kazooie, mm-hmm. like yeah, as Captain talk. Blubber in the second. Oh world. yeah, and I remember I was playing the game. I was living at home at the time. It was only 21 guys, okay, so don't worry about it. I was living at home at the time. <laughs> I was 16. Oh uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I was uh, <laughs> you were like two. 10 at the time. <laughs> um, but no, I was upstairs playing the game. And my mom was there, and she was like, "What? Can you shut that game <laughs> off? Like it's so disgusting." <laughs> And I'll never forget that being like, Mom, it's a character noises that they make. <laughs> and then realizing, man, this sucks. Like, I should have just done beep, 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 or something better. Yeah. 
Mark, what is yours? I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, the Star Wars sounds are all super yeah. iconic and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. not quite the video Shadows game. of the Empire, you mean? Yeah. I'm No, it started from a movie, though, so I'm going to disqualify yeah. that. Okay. Um, I mean, Zelda is pretty, pretty uh, like... Hey, listen. Listen. <laughs> hey. The, I heard the, like, the chest open. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. such a good sound. That was a great... Stuff like that. Um... I love the hook shot when it uh, clicks into something mm-hmm. like, and it, I don't know, it sounds like a really cool like yeah. chunky sound when mm-hmm. it makes a connection. I love that when noise. When it doesn't though, it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> you hear that noise. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. I also lo- do the sound effect of the um, the redead when you're wandering around the city as, after you become an adult. It's like, oh, oh yuck, yeah, oh dude, that's oh, creepy. I hated that as a little kid. Yeah, me too. Um, but I, I think another one, and going back to the orange box and stuff like that. Yeah, I was going to say Valve that. Valve does an amazing, mm-hmm. like, I think that was one of the things when I was in high school when Half-Life 2 came out. And mm-hmm. I was, I think just the soundscape of it, um, before I even bought the game. So I, I am kind of a late video game adopter, actually. Um, and... What are you talking about? You still play an Xbox 360? Oh man. no no no! I mean, That's I recent. mean, I came in, I came into video games pretty late. Um, in 64 though, right? I had a 64, but it was kind of as it was going out of fashion a little bit. Um, in but 2010. I yeah. <laughs> um, but when before Half Life 2 came out, I was online looking at the lore and all that kind of stuff. I thought this is rad. I just remember playing a little bit of the first one and just thought, oh, this is kind of funny. Like. There's stuff rotating in the microwave oven. Everybody's head's super square and things like that. But mm-hmm. then um, when you know Half-Life 2 came out, just the soundscape of it all where it's like you got little beeps and whirs and stuff. I hear them in my head right now. Or just like the <laughs> garble in the bark. Oh, the, yeah. The cops and yeah, the those gas masks so cool. and stuff like that. Yeah. That intro. Like that little so chirping many. of their uh-huh. walkie-talkies. Yeah, little walk- yeah. yeah. so rad. The soundscape of the, that game. Yeah. Um, that yeah. whole game is just yeah. awesome. whole game's masterfully yeah, done, but I just agree. the attention to sound, I always, I always kind of like really appreciate it when people give that type of detail to uh, sound, which is really immersive. Um, no, totally. Uh, yeah, you, you actually mentioned all the games that I was going to mention, like Zelda <laughs> and Half-Life 2. Uh, I think the only other game that I will mention is um, either DK Country 1 or mm. uh, Mario Super World or Mar- Super Mario World for mm-hmm. Super Nintendo. Those are also great games. Just all the jumping sounds, the mm-hmm. the really like I just love the sound when you get a mushroom. Mm-hmm. It's just such a cool like I don't know, such a cool song. Donkey sound. Kong, I would say it's primarily the music that, but it that has makes good it. sounds yeah. too. Though. Like sound too, all like but... the when you jump on the alligators, yeah, and um like some really oh, I yeah, <laughs> like whatever like they all make different yeah. noises. <laughs> we all the make big one. three yeah. distinct <laughs> noises. <laughs> And just, uh, I love that, like, when you get Rambi. I don't know. There's just, like, really cool, like, like a- the animal noises sound like they actually, and actually, this is true. Uh, when they when they did the, at least the art art design, they went to the zoo and, like, drew all the animals and stuff like that. So I'm assuming mm. they also did it for the sound. I that, don't know for sure. That reminds me of this really cool video I saw for when they were making Red Dead Redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, okay, sorry. I was getting that convinced, uh, mixed up with Red Dead Revolver. Hmm. Red Dead Redemption, anyways, where they were recording the audio and they record this trumpet into like a cymbal case, or not a cymbal oh. case, like a, a drum case, like the top of the little yeah. drum. Mm-hmm. To get this really, really cool sound. And I'll never mm. forget like hmm. watching that video before, just like like how incredible their sound work was. Hmm. But hmm. 
I, I know it's kind of a little off topic, but I, I was just thinking I mean, about how yeah, it's not at all that was. It's yeah. totally we weren't even talking about sounds, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about butt noises for a long time. Uh, that's an interesting okay. question. I, I yeah, I haven't thought about it, but yeah, what video game has the best fart sound? <laughs> Oh, I don't know, man. Shoot. Probably Conquer's Bad Fur Day. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Which is probably all fart sounds. Probably. For every... I played, like, probably three hours of that game. It was, it was pretty fun. But... Is it actually fun? Is it just, like, a 3D platformer, whatever, 64 trash? So, it's not... So, here's the thing. It's less fun than those because mm-hmm. it's not a collectathon. Okay. Mm. So, it's a linear 3D platformer where you go around and do quests. And it is kind of fun and irreverent. But because it's so old, I played on the Xbox One because mm-hmm. they had like a twenty dollars, yeah, the rare, bundle. yeah, rare collection. And because it's so old, it doesn't hold up well. Like mm-hmm. you're doing these quests, they're mm-hmm. like super, you know, obscure, and you don't even know what you're trying to get. So I had to go on guides, like online, for like figure out, go through guides the whole time. Hmm. So that to me, that's like not a fun thing. I don't like going um, online no. for games. Anymore. How does the irreverence of it hold up? Like, I'm obviously there's no shock value to yeah. you anymore. That's that's what I mean. Like, it was it was yeah, you know, it was like I could see. Oh man, back in the day, this must be shocking. Mm-hmm. But today, I was like, yeah, it's actually pretty clean. You know, yeah. like I saw it. I'm like, yeah, there's a guy made of poop. He's not bad. There's <laughs> is that what it is? It's all potty humor. It's not it's like sexual? potty humor. The sexual humor is like she's got a large chest. Sarah's so got a large chest. <laughs> that's literally about as dirty oh, as it gets. He's okay, like, I'd like to pollinate her. And that was that's a bee going to a flower that's large chest. And that's that is like as a kid I remember this game like being the holy grail, like, oh yeah. you can't play this. This is M rated to the max. I thought it was oh, A man. actually. No, it, no way. And I can't even I almost can't believe in today's standards it wouldn't even get him. There's no nudity. No, there's none no, of this other no, stuff. No. So that's so funny. I just, yeah, it was. It's fun. It's an interesting game, but it's not exactly great to play. <laughs> Mark, sorry, we bogarted your no, audio. I was moments. done. Do you have I... any other questions on audio stuff? Um, that's a cool thing yeah. to think about. Okay, yeah. How do you think the uh, podcast's going? <laughs> so far, <laughs> so great. So <laughs> far, so great. We listen to you, friends in Ukraine and China, and we know what you like. Yeah. We are going to do a whole episode of just Dota 2 replays. Uh-huh. Oh, shoot. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's all I was thinking, but that's Brian, cool. you, had a, you had a fun point earlier since we're getting to the, tis the, tis the most wonderful time of the year. Ooh. Um, yeah. What was the... Uh, I, you had a phrase Well, Davey, you got us. What are we doing, man? What's our topic oh, of the day? Davey. I guess we'll talk about holiday games. Yeah. What is... <laughs> so the main thing that I... And I brought this up to the group, and I was like, hey, can we do this? And they're like, no, you idiot. And then they finally agreed after I arm wrestled them. It's not very PC. Everybody, I just want to let you guys know I arm wrestled them all, and I won. Mm-hmm. And I arm wrestled them both together, and I was right. that strong. Mm-hmm. So don't ever check who I am online. Yeah. Um, anyways. Uh... <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Um, yeah, so anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually <laughs> announce this because it was my idea, and I arm wrestled both of them for it mm-hmm. and didn't win. Arm if wrestled Nathan us was for here, the he idea. actually arm wrestled someone in China. He did. That's another story for another time. Oh, Maybe, but he yeah, arm wrestled a stranger, and it was the funniest. Under what cool. circumstance? Um, I think a, a a guy walked up to him and said, "You got you look strong." <laughs> <laughs> And he yeah. lost. <laughs> Nathan yeah. lost? Yeah, he's this super small dude, and he just totally took <laughs> super small. Arm wrestle was weird, too, though, because it was in the air. Am yeah, I yeah. right? It wasn't yeah, like... I think it was just like different, like kind of, you know, different countries, different techniques kind of a oh, thing. okay. Yeah. Wow. 
technicalities. He, so, yeah, Nathan had to play by Chinese rules, and he just didn't know how to do it. Go, man. He couldn't hack it. Home, uh, home court advantage. Yeah. So Dave tied that into holidays for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, here we go. No, I'm just kidding. So, so Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving. We want to talk about our favorite holiday memories in association with video games. Is that correct? Am I understanding that properly? Why don't you kick it off for us, Frank, so we can get okay. a lay of yeah, the frame, land. Okay. Frame it for us. What I was thinking about is almost every year since I've been a kid, I've associated holidays with video games. Like when I when we were in high school, I played Half Life Two. Like the like most of Thanksgiving Eve after Man, my dinner. Getting a lot of shout outs this episode. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was it was an awesome game. I remember yeah, actually yeah. that is one of the first conversations I had with Dave on the phone. We were both playing Half Life Two. I don't remember that, but that sounds like yeah, a good conversation. It was before Chess Club, and so everybody knows on this podcast we're not nerds at all. Yeah, ch- <laughs> Chess Club? Chess yeah, Club. Yeah, it's a Conker's Bad Fur Day reference club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, and then um, previous years I had played my Metroid Prime. I remember playing that, and I was I was sick. That's the and GameCube so, one, right? Yeah, yeah, and it was like the first-person adventure. It was really cool. That was a good game. And I'll always remember like associating that game with like holidays, but also like I got like motion sickness from it, which mm. was a weird mm. thing I don't get for most games. But um, yeah, most years like last Thanksgiving, or not even last Thanksgiving. I don't even think I have a game I played last Thanksgiving. But <laughs> Thanksgiving before I played Fallout Four, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what I think of is like, yeah, I went and I played this awesome game, and then I went and sp- spent time with my family, and I'll always remember those game playing experiences. So I was wondering if you guys have any associated with either Thanksgiving or Christmas since we're around that time. Or just, Hanukkah. Or or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa. or uh, I don't another one. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses birthdays. Guy right. Fox Day. <laughs> Guy Fox Day. That we just had that actually a couple Yeah, we ago. did. You always remember the fifth of November, right? Yeah, yeah. the fifth. Okay. Um, Mark, do you want to take it? I don't. I okay. think you gotta go first because okay. I'm, I'm brainstorming on this one. Sure, you got yeah. it. So I don't have any specific Thanksgiving holiday gaming memories. I know Brian had like 10 just now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt, especially. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big Game Hunter. Mostly hunting games. Cabela. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cooking games. Cooking game. Mama, cooking Mama. You guys remember Cooking Mama? Cooking Mama? No, I don't cooking remember Cooking Mama that. is a game. It did exist. It was on Nintendo DS and oh Wii. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so I played on mobile, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, Cooking Mama, cookie mama Light. Cooking Mama Light. <laughs> Locale. So what holiday games do you... Can- uh, holiday yeah. holiday games for me are WoW. I, I played a lot of WoW over Christmas break. Mm. Uh, I remember some of the greatest times of my life were that six-week winter break during uh, in college. Yeah, uh, in between semesters, mm. it was so great. Played tons of WoW. So every whenever I, part of the reason why I play WoW now is just to kind of like take a little boost of nostalgia and connection with Christmas. Yeah. But my ultimate favorite Christmas memory or favorite video game holiday memory has to do with getting Zelda: Ocarina of Time on Christmas morning, running around Kokiri Forest with yeah. my dad and my oh, little brother so cool. uh, on Christmas Day, and yeah, it was just the best. Like that music gets me all like thinking about christmas time and stuff i don't know it's awesome yeah i think i, I i'd probably be on a similar boat although it was a, a friend of mine that had ocarina of time and i i was always the type of person who would enjoy watching people play games and that was definitely one where you could like see things happen i mean it'd be frustrating if they swipe at the wrong time and hit the skull <laughs> right in the face but um yeah that's that i think ocarina of time zelda is really great one um for some reason, the one that kept popping back in my head, and is never a game I own. Again, I'm just watching people play it. But Star Wars Pod Racing, I remember <laughs> playing it in a in a 
family uh, like there's uh some family friends playing it in their den in Colorado in the like in the cold and stuff so we'd go and in, go inside and play video games and stuff I think that's why I have that memory but hmm. yeah that's um, why I think of like Donkey Kong Country 2 I remember playing that Christmas either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day night mm-hmm. and I'll never forget like opening it playing it and then the game the Honey World you remember that oh honey, my gosh, like in the, the music park so cool the music oh, is man. so amazing for that too yeah, so that's that's when I when I brought this up, that's like kind of what I think about. I even remember St. Patrick's Day in college. I was playing <laughs> Resident Evil Holidays, yeah. getting down there. Uh, Resident <laughs> Evil Five, and I remember like people because <laughs> I was over the age at this time. They're like, uh-huh. "Why aren't you going out drinking?" Like yeah. somebody was uh, harassing me. I'm like, "There's alligators in these waters, okay? This is Resident <laughs> Evil Five. These these I waters and gotta guys kill these alligators." <laughs> It's it's just cool when you associate like games with like Super Mario sixty four. I'm sure. If oh you know, yeah, like mm-hmm. that's always time. like yeah, hol- yeah sure. holidays time. Like okay, can you guys think of any holiday specific games where the game actually takes place? Home Alone, Kingdom Hearts, Home Alone the game. Yeah, Kingdom Home Hearts. Alone the game. <laughs> Kingdom yeah. Hearts has a Christmas theme level and a Halloween theme level almost oh, every yeah. time. Mm. That is very hot topicy of them. Hot topicy. I guess actually I should say. Kingdom Hearts 2 has a Halloween-themed Christmas level where it's oh, Halloween nightmare. town. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But Christmas, and then the first one's just Halloween. But, um, no, I, I, it's just amazing where game when games can, like, do that. Like, yeah. they can bring you back to this moment. Oh, like, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I do that with music, too, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, the I always think of um, Bonnie Vare's Bonnie Vare. Oh, yeah. yeah. I always think of Christmas time because I just started listening to it, like, right after – one semester in law school. Yeah. Just started like getting into a good album. I mean, you waited six months on that. You idiot. I know. (laughs) I, I I didn't even know about it. Eric just told me about Donna. Uh, yeah, Donna, not Eric. (laughs) (laughs) We've never called him Eric on the show. (laughs) Never once. (laughs) G. Um, (laughs) but what, uh, what about you, Mark? You're about to say something. No, no, I was just going to say, uh, Boney Bear is like the most like winter, like, of course. Yeah. Season, season transporting, season setting type of thing. For sure. Oh, that, yeah, especially for Emma forever ago. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we, this isn't game. a music cast, <laughs> but that is a great game, man. You it's play with Mario. Game. I don't I don't know if I love for Emma. I mean, like, st- Restacks, like, I can yeah. listen to it all day. You don't day. like mm-hmm. Wolves 1 and 2? I do like Wolves 1 and 2. Um, Flume? I, I kind of like Flume. Skinny Love? I love Skinny Love, Yeah, I mean, love, there's obviously. just, I mean, we're talking. But I don't <laughs> love, I don't really like for Emma that much. Uh, yeah, single. for Emma's whatever. Yeah, yeah. that song yeah, is yeah, not yeah. the best. Um, video game that takes place in snow. <laughs> Donkey Kong Country. Donkey That's Kong. what all. Yeah, all the Donkey Kongs have a snow. Mm-hmm. Mario sixty four, where yeah. you help the penguin. Mm-hmm. Oh, the slide. The penguin. Oh my penguin slide. There it is. Yeah. That's Diddy Kong Racing has a little snowy. Oh yeah, they have a great. They have a great holiday level. Yeah. Yeah, that one's awesome. I got that on my mom's birthday though, so that was November before Thanksgiving. So I'll never associate that with. You got that on your mom's birthday. I just want to touch on that real quick. I don't remember if I like rented it oh, from Blockbuster. Little but... baby Brian will cry if someone else gets a present. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I was only ten at the time. Oh, remember like it was yesterday, <laughs> six years ago. Yeah, I'm only six years ago. <laughs> uh, that's uh, awesome. How do you guys feel? Oh my gosh. Okay. We we ran out of questions. And <laughs> oh wait, I thought, about... I thought you're gonna no, no. go somewhere with that. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, um, I guess that's it, guys. I mean. Um, that was a good show. Uh, thanks for coming on, Mark. It was great having you. Oh, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that it was. I'll be here next having week. Having me. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you're just always here, so whatever. Um, I live here. <laughs> Brian lives in my garage. <laughs> Not even the main part, like the back part of it. 
you just give everyone your address real quick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, guys, just want to touch on those housekeeping items one more time. Please rate and review the show. That'd be awesome. Contact us on our Gmail, superbscast at gmail.com. And then Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. That's uh, to us people that can feel things, it, it, uh, it hurts.